Hello, this is over and over and over again. We're live, and this is the Arsenal versus Liverpool live pre-match warm-up show. Richard, this is over and over and over again the positive Arsenal channel. And I say this is going to be the uh, Arsenal versus Liverpool pre match uh, warm up show. I've got some special guests um, joining me tonight. We're going to do a lot of the usual stuff. We're going to do a match preview. We're also going to look at some past memories of some previous meetings. Of course, there's been quite a lot over the years. Um, and look at some players that play for both clubs. Actually, the list isn't as long for this uh, for this game as um, has been in recent weeks, actually, surprisingly enough. I thought there was more than there was, but when I looked into it, and um, there wasn't as many. So, but there's some big names on that list. We'll go through all that a little bit later as well. And I say I was looking forward to um, what's a big game tomorrow, isn't it? The Premier League. Premier League finally back after what seems like about six months of international football. Um, luckily, we've got the Premier League back um, tomorrow. And I know we're all looking forward to it. So, without further ado, I will get the guests in. Actually, just before I do that, um, this is going live currently on YouTube, on Facebook, and on Twitter. So, wherever you're watching it, please give it a like as well. Um, and if you haven't, done so already please subscribe to the channel on youtube i am very close to 400 subscribers so if we can get there tonight that would be really good as well um so here we go so i've got some special guests as usual of course um, we can't do a, a pre-match warm-up show without having melvin involved and of course he's here as usual how are you doing melvin are you okay yeah fine thanks as you say lovely to get back to league football again proper football i didn't watch any of the internationals actually did not for a minute no interest no, no, I, I watched bits and pieces, but not really a lot. There was one game that was on in the background when I was doing something else, so I kind of caught about 10 minutes of it. But, um, yeah, it doesn't really interest me at all, I'm afraid. Um, but we're back with the big stuff, of course, now. Um, also, I've got two very special guests actually joining me. Um, they're both, um, I suppose, we're calling the enemy this weekend, although they won't be for the next hour or so. First of all, we've got uh, we've got Luke from the 1892 Reds podcast. How are you doing, Luke? You all right? All good, Richard. Um, Melvin, I can actually say I agree with what you said about international football. No interest at all. Something we could both agree on. Yeah, I think we're all pretty uh, pretty agreed about that. And also, as well, also from the 1892 Reds podcast as well, it's it's Ricky as well. Adrian, mate, you right? Yeah, very well, thank you. And yeah, international football is no good unless it's the proper World Cup or the European Championships where you can have a, a drink and a laugh with, them, with your mates. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and even and even I've noticed those tournaments haven't been quite as much fun over the last yeah. few years. But anyway, <laughs> I guess it is what it is. But luckily, we can push international football to one side for a bit and concentrate on what really matters, which is on in this particular occasion, it's obviously Arsenal versus Liverpool. Of course, in history, one of the biggest games in English football history, isn't it? Traditionally, over the years, you know, two of the biggest clubs, um, and it's always a big game regardless of the league positions. And I know this season. We're probably both not as high up the table as we would have liked to have been or expected to be at this point in the season, actually. Um, there's a couple of people in the comments already. We've got Russ there. Good evening, Russ. How are you doing? And Luca as well. How are you doing, Luca? Thanks for, for joining us um, tonight. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what we'll probably start with, I mean, there's a few things I want to get through, but maybe just sort of maybe start with, um, with this.
actually, before we get into the match preview, just um, you two guys there, just sort of give us a little bit of um, stuff about your channel, really. How long has it been going and, and what, what you're doing on your channel? Just give that a bit of a plug before we start. So, um, of course, like, as you said, uh, thanks for letting us come on, of course. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to come on. Um, we are the 8092 Reds podcast. We've only been going for around sort of six months. Um, I mean, our first actual episode, we recorded the uh, 7-2 humiliating defeat against Aston Villa. So um, if it's, uh, yeah, exactly, what a start, exactly, literally. Um, but I mean, we, we were talking about it for a while and we, we came into it sort of that sort of time. Um, and yeah, pretty much we cover everything regarding with Liverpool. Um, we just, I mean, we've done our own sort of preview for this game as well on our channel recently. Um, obviously, we, you know, cover mainly around Liverpool Football Club and everything else. So, yeah, pretty much that, really. Match reviews, previews, done a little bit of content through the national break because we didn't want to watch that sort of, well, rubbish football, as we call it. Um, so, yeah, pretty much, you know, mainly around Liverpool Football Club. Oh, fantastic. Um, so, anyone watching, like I say, please jump over there. It's the, it's, so, it's the 1892 Reds podcast. Is that where it is on YouTube? Yeah, and we're also on Twitter and Instagram as well. Right, fantastic. I mean, I will, I'll probably link to your channel in the description of the video as well afterwards as well, so people can find it nice and easy as well. <clears throat> I did watch, I watched a few of your videos. It's good stuff, actually. I like when you do the um, your best all-time 11s and stuff like that, <laughs> your worst 11s. <laughs> really good thing, actually. It's a good idea to do a show. I might have to do something like that on this channel at some point. Um, Joe's in the chat as well. Um, how you doing, Joe? He says, hi, Rich, Melvin, Luke, and Ricky. He said he watched a Mr. Arsenal video on Rocky. Um, good words for, from Richard Melbourne. Well, everyone who took part in that, it was great, actually. Obviously, a tribute to David Rowcastle um, earlier this week, which was um, which was really good. So, yeah, that was a great video. If you haven't seen that, check that out on Mr. Arsenal podcast as well, because that was good stuff. Um, obviously, looking ahead to the game tomorrow, then, I suppose that's a good place to start. I mean, um, I'm particularly kind of, you know, interested to get your, you, you guys' point of view on, obviously, what's gone wrong this season, I suppose, is where we start. I know you've had injuries and there seems to have been a lot of players all been off form kind of at the same time as well, all kind of combined, hasn't it, really? I mean, from my point of view, watching on the outside, I get the feeling that you've not been playing with the same intensity that you had done over the previous two seasons. Do you think it's just because you've run out of steam? Or is there other issues you think going on maybe that have caused that? Um, I think the way we've been playing for the past three seasons with high intensity, mm. it's called... Rock and roll football, as Klopp put it back in Germany. I just <clears> think it's caught up with us a little bit, and it don't help with COVID as well. COVID season, um, it's not like a normal season. We've had a few players that have come down with it, um, and I just think some of the players has, and didn't really get a break during before the season started. And I just think it's caught up with certain players, and they haven't really recovered from it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, up, up until Christmas, really, I mean, you, you were sort of top of the league or certainly up in, in the running, wasn't you? And then, I mean, I remember you beat Crystal Palace 7-0 away from home and it was like, wow, Liverpool are back to the Liverpool from last season. But actually since then, it's when it's all kind of falling apart. So it, it, maybe it is just caught up with you finally, you know, halfway through the season, maybe. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Luke? Why do you think it has all kind of all fell apart so quickly, really? I think even before the Crystal Palace win was, you know, how we won seven nil even before that we we were sort of riding our luck a little bit like in the, in a few games um i mean the home defeat to bernie is obviously a massive one like we didn't play well at all we we deserved to get beat that day but i mean just since then really it's just like the mental we've we've always we've always been known sort of the last couple of years as the mentality monsters like we can go a goal down and 
you know, we, we, we'll be fine. You know, we can come back into a game, win a, win a game of football. Um, I mean, even start the season against you guys, like in the reverse fixture, we went a goal down. You know, we, we didn't panic. Like we, we, we obviously got the result in the end. But if if that was probably now, obviously it's it'll probably be a different story. Um, we just haven't, I don't know what it is, as, as Rick said, like a bit of tiredness. Um, you know, the COVID season isn't, you know, great for everyone. But I just feel that it's sort of run out. Liverpool have run out a little bit of luck this season. And, you know, the table doesn't lie. We deserve to be where we are because of that's how we've been playing this season. So it's uh, hopefully the last sort of nine, ten games, you know, for our season, we, we can turn it round and have a positive finish for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. You were saying about, you know, conceding the first goal. I read somewhere that apparently only twice in your last 100 games have you conceded first and not won. Or, or um, sorry, you've conceded first and yeah, not got a result at the end of it. Obviously, one of those was our game last season when you scored first and we won. But it's only twice in 100 games. I mean, that's incredible, really. Um, and, and that's even including this season when, you know, things haven't gone so well. So, um, you probably, you've been conceding the first goal this this season, maybe I don't know what's been going on. It seems to have changed. But I mean, Melvin, what, what have been your kind of thoughts on Liverpool then? Because I'm, from my point of view, I'm shocked actually at how quickly it's unraveled, really. Because the last two seasons, they've been almost <coughs> unbeaten. And suddenly now, in the last, what, three months, they've, they've lost more games than we have, which is incredible, really, when you think where we are. I, I think what you've said, what you've uh, said about um, a bit tiredness, perhaps. Oh, I agree with all what you've said, but no one's mentioned Van Dyke. I know one man doesn't make a team, but he embodied everything about Liverpool. He took them the next gear up. They were a very good team before he joined. We knew what was missing, a goalkeeper and a centre-half. But they didn't buy any centre-half. They bought the best. And he took them a notch up. And him getting injured against Everton and not playing had to have an effect on that team. I don't care how good you are. You know, he, he epitomised Liverpool. He was, as Klopp is perfect to be their manager... If they could, Liverpool Sports could have picked a manager around the world, they would have picked Klopp because he seemed to be the perfect fit. Van Dijk was the perfect player stroke centre half for Liverpool. And that was a very, very big thing. It's all about confidence, the game. And you could, I watched somebody, I think against Burnley, I think it was, when you got beat at home. I'm watching the game and I'm thinking, you don't, you're not going to get back into this. Normally, Liverpool have got that confidence. They could score at any time, any player, any minute, any, any time. But I was looking, I think, they ain't going to do this. They've actually run out of ideas. And I think it was what probably a bit of confidence in a couple of players going and that transgressed the other players in the side. All of a sudden, they got taken down a peg or two. And it's like, it became like a, once like a, an illness that everyone suddenly catches a cold off everybody. And that is, that is why I think they are in the position they're in. It can turn around tomorrow. I mean, a bit of confidence, something happens, something clicks, you get the old... Uh, even he's not coming back straight away, Van Dyke. Oh, yeah, we're going to go seven games. At the beginning of next season, he's back. That will give the club a big lift. And it'll, it'll change on the full change on the pitch as well, straight away, I reckon. No, I, I can see. I mean, it, I suppose it, it kind of, um, like you said, one player doesn't make a team. And I suppose that's true. And it does seem as though Van Dyke missing meant that there's been a lot of reshuffling players playing in the back that would have been in midfield. So you've been weaker in midfield. And I suppose it's a knock on effect elsewhere in a team, isn't it? And like you said, Melvin, there maybe confidence as well has played a part. I mean, I did want to kind of talk to you guys about the obviously no fans in the stadium and. Your home form was incredible, wasn't it? 60 odd games, whatever it was, unbeaten. And a lot of that was down to the fact that, you know, the crowd at Anfield is a 12th man. There's no doubt about it. You know, anyone that's ever been to Anfield, that atmosphere is is incredible. And um, I know 
you know, fans wasn't in for quite a long time before you started losing home games. But do you think that that's been a, a part of it? I mean, probably not the only reason, but do you not think that's maybe played a big part? I mean, I think Liverpool, probably out of all the teams in the Premier League, have seemed to have suffered the most with no fans than anybody else, sort of from the outside. Did you, you, would you say that's probably a, a good point or is that just an excuse? No, um, definitely. With, with, with Liverpool, we're known for a lacklustre start and then the fans sort of get on the backs of the players a little bit or sort of make a bit of noise to wake them up to get them going. This season, you say this season, to be fair, it was the back end of the last season when football restarted, there weren't no fans mm -hmm. in the ground. Liverpool yeah. didn't look the same team that were dominating the league. Um, no. And we were so we only needed, I think it was like three points from how many games and we got that quick and it was done. But the performance level was massively dropped. All right, we won the league. But we sort of brought that into this season a little bit. Um, we had fans in for a little bit, won a few games. Fans went back out again. Mm. And certain players thrive off the fans. If you look at Firmino, I love Firmino, but without the fans, he's not the player we all know he is. He's an entertainer. Um, even Robertson, Robertson loves the crowd. He loves like G'ing them up when he's bombing down that wing. And you just don't see that from him a lot this season. Certain players definitely need the fans in the ground. Milner said it as well that we're struggling about the fans. So hopefully we get them in. Apparently there's going to be fans in the Champions League game, so that might help us a little bit and we can push on in that. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's made a difference to a lot of clubs, actually. You look at how many more away wins there's been this season than probably any other season in, in history, really. And I think it has been that the fans not being there has been a factor. I mean, what do you think, Lou? Do you think that that is, as Liverpool maybe had the biggest impact had the biggest impact on you guys and perhaps anyone else? I think by far. I think, I mean, I don't want to use that as an excuse, of, of course, but I think by far Liverpool have had the most effect of having sort of no fans in the stadium I mean all jokes aside it doesn't affect teams like Man City because you know they don't really they love playing without it but we obviously need the fans um, I mean as I mentioned before like we even for the start of the season and not the back end of the last season when we came back like we, we didn't had the same sharpness same sort of momentum going into the sort of next or sort of to this season um, I mean when, when players like James Milner are coming out saying that we do miss the fans I mean James Milner's a leader. Like he's, you know, one of the leaders in our team. Um, you know, he's the, the 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 career titles he's won. You know, everything about James Milner, and for him to come out and say that it's it does put a dampen on the whole team, the fans, um, everything, everyone around Liverpool. So, I mean, of course, like that, and and surely, I mean, like Arsenal, for example, over the years where. You've you've gone to Anfield where there's been you know that great atmosphere and you know you you go there thinking I'm I'm not sure about today we might not get a result but now it's like hold on a minute like there's no fans there today it's it's basically like a neutral ground for people um, I think I, I see a stat a few months ago saying that this could be the record season where there's more away Premier League wins out of anyone at, for for the whole season so I mean everyone has struggled but definitely for me Liverpool have been the worst affected without the fans being in the stadium yeah i mean i i was kind of feeling that anyway even before you, you kind of recent sort of ho hung defeats even before that you kind of felt that liverpool wasn't the same intimidating place to go for teams this season as it had been you could see by the way the away teams were playing against you guys at anfield you know started from the first game <laughs> 
season, wasn't it? When when Leeds came there and had a go at you and almost got a result. And from that point onwards, you could see that it wasn't quite the fortress it was before. I mean, I think we've all been surprised by the number of home defeats that you've had in a row. But obviously tomorrow, it's um, we're, we're the home team. So it's, you know, we're not going to be able to take advantage of that, unfortunately. We've maybe played the, the fixtures around the wrong way around. If we'd maybe been away this week, it might have been more in our favour, perhaps, <laughs> That was the first game earlier in the season. But anyway, the fixtures have come out of the way they have. We just have to deal with it now. I mean, remember what you kind of felt about the fans, obviously. But I think from an Arsenal point of view, it has obviously affected us because we've lost more home games this year than we have over the last two or three seasons. But in some ways, I feel it's maybe helped us as well because there can be quite a toxic atmosphere at the Emirates, can't it? I think you're right. I mean, I, there's an argument that if there were fans in the crowd, uh, our title wouldn't still be in the job. Because we had that horrible, horrible three-month period where we couldn't buy a win, buy a draw, actually. And we did play some awful football where the confidence had gone completely. And so that that's one situation. And you're right. I mean, we, we have got, I suppose, like for lots of clubs, we have got toxic supporters. That is certain. And they do like getting, beat, you know, uh, have a go at uh, some footballers at times. And it's, it's horrible things to hear and see. But I, I think that really, I think last season, it helped when there was no fans around because Arteta was able to get his uh, tactics across. Chat to the guys, you can see him actually during the game, not only the water breaks, but during the game, he's shouting and barking his orders. And they had no excuse that we can't hear him, Foss, because there was no crowd there. For some reason, that hasn't continued this season. But I, I think that um, it, it's a bit of a catch-22 in it. I mean, if we start the next season and there's crowds back and we start off well, then we'll be doing well. The crowds get behind us and that will help us even more. And that's with a lot of other clubs as well, most certainly ours. No, no, I think that's true. I mean, the fans kind of feed off the performances as well, certainly with Arsenal. I think other clubs maybe get lifted by the crowd when they're not playing well. Liverpool, perhaps being the biggest example I can think of, having been Anfield a lot of times and witnessed it, when Liverpool aren't playing well, the crowd lift the, lift the team. They don't do that much at the Emirates very often. Right. So I suppose if Arsenal, like you said, if we start next season well at home with crowds, it will will get a um, lift from that. But if we don't and we start poorly, then it's going to go in the opposite direction. And we've got a few uh, we've got a few comments in. Um, Joe says, uh, "What's Luke and Ricky thoughts on trends getting dropped by England?" <laughs> Not, a <Yeah>. <laughs> Not a problem. Not a problem. I'm more than happy for. Especially the way this season's gone, I'm more than happy to see our players injury-free, you know, going into the rest of the domestic league season. So if they want to drop him, that's 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 fine. <laughs> what about for the Euros, though? Would you like him to be involved in the Euros? He probably deserves to be when you look at how he's played for England. Though, yeah, if it, looking at his quality, of course, like, he'll have to, like, for me, he has to start like right back. He's the, the, the goals he creates for Liverpool is just incredible from right back. I mean, is he is he just behind De Bruyne in the assist making like for the last couple of seasons? Um, it's just it's unbelievable like the talent he's got. He has to start for me for England in the Euros, but at the moment, in these sort of sort of glorified friendlies as we want to call them, these qualifiers. Um, no, he, I'm more than happy if he stays out of them. I mean, it just seems a little bit strange to me that he's obviously um, Walker's been brought in, in in place of him at right back. He's a bit more of kind of what I consider a sort of old guard, if you like, of England, rather than looking to the future with the younger players. And I just worry with Southgate that that's where he's going with it all. But anyway, I suppose that's we'll worry about that in the summer when international football takes uh, takes over the takes over your life for a few weeks when the when the tournaments. I mean, what about what about you, Ricky? So, do you are you kind of pleased that he's maybe not been involved lately? Because it doesn't bother me if Arsenal players play for England or not. I've got to be honest. 
Yeah, no, I, I was glad he got left out. Give him the rest that he needs um, to recharge for the remaining games of the season. I did read today there was a few rumours that Trent's going to miss out on the Euros. And there was two players that were named, him and Jack Grealish, who were going to both miss out. So if Trent misses out on the Euros, that's a bonus for Liverpool because it allows him to recharge and go again next season. But yeah. we've got Gareth Southgate in charge of England, so there's not much hope there, is there, winning anything? <laughs> no, 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 really, no, exactly. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big issue without a shadow of a doubt. Um, Shane's in the chat. What are you doing, Shane? Thanks for, um, thank you for tuning in. Um, he says Liverpool ran out of steam, injury and players dropping form. Uh, Trent and Firmino. Yeah, I mean that's unfortunately what's happened, and I suppose it goes in. You know, you've had two great seasons in a row. I guess to do three in a row would have been a big ask anyway for anybody, wouldn't it? I suppose. Um, and the Red Cannons in the chat, how are you doing? Thanks for tuning in. Prime Paul will be uh, back for us tomorrow, no doubt. Yeah, I expect I'm, I'm expecting that will be the case probably. Um, and uh, David in the chat there up the Arsenal, exactly. That's what we like to hear. And um, plus, there's a little probably rubbish this season, um, but I bet they turn up tomorrow. Well, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if happens over, but, but we'll see um, what happens. I mean, obviously, um, coming up next midweek, we're, we've all, well, we've both got European um, games important European games. I'm guessing for you guys, obviously, Champions League's your competition, isn't it? You've won it the most times out of any English club and uh, obviously you won it two years ago. Is that now, are you more focused on obviously trying to win that than bothering with the top four now or, or do you want to try and do both? Obviously, I suppose that's the dream, isn't it, I guess? Yeah, I, I mean, I still feel that, you know, this Premier League season's been, you know, so you know, ups and downs, like we don't know what, who's going to finish where apart from probably City and, you know, the teams that are at the bottom. But I think everywhere else, I think it can always change. Um, mm -hmm. I still feel that, you know, the Champions League at the moment is, of course, the, the most important thing that we've got. Um, we've been handed a great draw. Real Madrid's not the team that they will always been. Um, we've, we're on the better side, Porto and Chelsea in the semi-final if we get there. You know, we've, we've, we've got a good chance to go far, like, far in the competition. And if, you know, if we win it, it's great. I do think we've got every chance if we've got players playing in that right position. Because, you know, we've had the likes of Fabinho playing centre-back half of the season and he's been, in my opinion, he's been our best player this season. Um, you know, like, with Hend our captain's been out, he's going to probably be out for the rest of the season as well. Van Dijk's been out, Gomez out. We've had, we've had some players that have done well in them sort of games to, to get us in a position we're in. So... I still feel that there is a slim chance we can get in the top four, but if we if we drop points tomorrow, then surely for me he has to put all his eggs in that one basket and you know go all out in the Champions League. Um, so yeah, the next I think the next three league games. I think after well after we play you, we're, we're we've got Aston Villa and Leeds, which won't be easy games in between the Real Madrid fixtures. But I still feel there's a chance we can get in that top four. We just need to get a decent run going for the remaining sort of games that we've got left. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're in a similar situation, I guess, with the Europa League. You know, that's probably our probably our only opportunity to get in the Champions League next season because I, I don't think we can make the top four regardless. I mean, the top six, maybe, um, we could have done with beating West Ham in our last game. But, um, I mean, what about yourself, Ricky? Do you feel that the Champions League is maybe the priority now for Liverpool for the rest of the season, bearing in mind that the poor league format you've suffered recently? If I was Klopp, I'd put the B team out in every Premier League game going forward. Um, I'd keep the big names out of the Premier League games, strictly Europe only. Because um, I do think we've been handed the decent side of the draw in the Champions League. We can either meet 
It'd be City, Bayern Munich or PSG in the final. So we need all our players fit, our best players. I don't think we can get top four, regardless of the results. I don't see Chelsea dropping enough points for us to overtake them. Leicester maybe if they go for a bit of a bad run. But I just think you're risking the run of your players getting injured in games. Mm. Certain players will target players in games knowing that you're still in the Champions League. Um, just keep them away from it. pointless games going forward. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of Arsenal fans are kind of thinking the same about us, really. You know, go for the Europa League and maybe not so much write the Premier League off, but maybe don't put it as a priority. I mean, what about yourself, Melvin? What, what are you thinking about... I know, for me, I want us to win every match, regardless of what competition it's in or who we're playing. But I know it's not always easy to do that with, with the squad that we've got in particular. I mean, do you think maybe we should be prioritising Europe over the Premier League or try and keep going and get momentum in both? I think we've got to do momentum in both because even if we uh, play our strongest team in Europe, it doesn't mean we've got um, we're certainties to win it. Far from it. I think we've just got to keep it going. We should keep our defences solid as we can. Don't keep changing the centre-halves every two minutes. Just get a consistent team. We've only got 10. With the Europe, might be 14 games if we're lucky. Just keep a consistent team. Go for both. Take every game and try and win every game. And hopefully, we win more. We win all the European games. We ain't going to win every league game. So, I would, I would obviously sacrifice a few league games for the cup. But I think you've got to concentrate on the whole thing. Because once you take your foot off the pedal, it's very difficult sometimes to put it back on again. I'll just go for consistency. No, I agree. Obviously, the, the previous two seasons when we've had a decent run in the Europa League, obviously we reached the semi-final and then the year after we reached the final. Both of those two seasons, we did drop a lot of league points at, in the end of the season, didn't we? Because we were saving players and yeah. rotating the squad for the final and the semi-final. And in the end, we didn't even we didn't win it on either occasion. So it was a waste of time, I suppose, looking back on it. But I guess you can only deal with what's in front of you at a time and you've got to try and manage the squad that, the best that you've got. And unfortunately, you know, a bit like Liverpool, you've maybe dropped too many points where you'd want to be. So you've got ground to make up for the top four. We've got ground to make up for the top six. And when you've got a European um, campaign as well, especially when it reaches the closing stages, it is, I guess, difficult to manage the squad right, isn't it? To to manage every game to try and get the best result that you can. And maybe something has to give. And maybe for both of us, it might be the league in the end. And we might just both go for Europe, which... Wouldn't be a bad thing if we both win it, I suppose. You know, at least we're both in the Champions League next season, guaranteed. So, which will be where Arsenal Liverpool should be. Anyway, I think, you know, two of the biggest clubs in, in European football should be in the in the Champions League. Um, Shane in the chat there said, um, if, he, if he could take anyone from Liverpool, it'd be the guy who recruits players. Um, so, he gets 25 million for Bruce and we give players away for nothing. He's got a point there. That's, you know, we can't get £25 million for our best players, let alone a young kid in the youth team that you've managed to get £25 million for. So well done to him for that, definitely. Um, and uh, Robert there says, we're such a long, long way from the Arsenal, we remember. Yeah, that's true. Um, Cronky took a lot of fuel to finance his American football club. Yeah, he did. Um, obviously, Liverpool, American owners as well. I'm not sure. Uh, he says, also Robert again, he says, I'm not sure about the African billionaire. Um, he's not a good thing. Um, as there are so many starving nations around Africa. Well, yeah, there is. And unfortunately, there's also a lot of very rich people in Africa as well. The money is very not evenly distributed, is it, in Africa? It tends to be so. But, you know, if if we've got someone who's going to come into our club and invest in the team and want the team to be successful, then I guess that's 
what we maybe need. Um, but I mean, that's another issue, perhaps for another day, I suppose. But we'll no doubt that will come out sooner or later. Um, I mean, just before we kind of sort of take a little trip down memory lane, but for you guys, what areas of, the, of your kind of squad would you want to be prioritising to strengthen for next season? Bearing in mind you know, the injuries that you've had this season as well. Well, I, th I think the main area that we need to sort of look at is a, is a striker. Um, I mean, defensively, I think, you know, Van Dijk and Gomez have been injured. Matip's obviously not, you know, the most, you know, reliable centre-backs. But I do think in that department, we've got, there's uh, massive talks about Canate coming in. Um, there's a lot of talks um, that that will probably go over the line. Um, there's also, I mean, we've, we've, me and Ricky have said previous times before, we've seen Firmino's goal record isn't, the greatest over the last couple of seasons. Um, so having a centre forward to partner alongside Salah and Mane is very, very important for us next season. We, we can dream about Haaland next season. I don't personally think that will happen. Um, but I mean, there are, there's a few talks, maybe someone like a Paston Dakar from Salzburg, um, even in the Premier League. I mean, I, I, it's not going to happen, but even someone like Aguero on a free, Wages might wages might be a bit much, but you know we we need someone that's going to put the ball in the back of the net and not heavily rely on our two wide players. So I'd say a strike. I'd say a striker for me is our main area to to go for in the summer. Yeah, because obviously I'm guessing that all the defenders that's been injured this season, the likely they're going to be fit next season, aren't they? So yeah. um, obviously Van Dyke in the team, you don't really need anyone else there. So I suppose he's probably been covered there. <laughs> Yeah, on his own. What about yourself, Ricky? What area of the team would you like to see maybe prioritised for strengthening for next season? I think we need a centre-back. Uh, hopefully we get the Canate deal over the line. Um, a centre midfielder to replace Genie Wijnaldum and a proper out-and-out -out striker through the middle. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's a good striker's a priority for every, every club, really. Aren't they? You yeah. can't you can't go far wrong, can you, with some of these cool guys? I mean, Aguero is an interesting one on a free. Like you said, his wages could be um, difficult, certainly for a club like Arsenal. There's been talk, obviously, because Arteta knows him well from his days at Man City and stuff. But I do think the wages would probably um, be a problem there. But yeah, I mean, he, I think he could, well, he can still do a job in the Premier League for a year or two, couldn't he, Aguero? He'll score a lot of goals, you know, playing for a team like you guys who, who obviously attack a lot, have a lot of chances. Um, but we'll see what happens with that. I mean, I wouldn't mind him at Arsenal, I've got to be honest. I think he'd score more goals than, um, certainly than Aubameyang as this season. What about yourself, Melvin? Where, where do you think we need to strengthen first uh, as a priority? Obviously, we need to strengthen everywhere, but as a priority. <laughs> priority, I'd, I'd um, defensive midfielder instead of jacker. Then I'd have a smile on my face. Because I think we've got <laughs> the other players to uh, compensate that around the team. I think the defence is fine. If we have Saliba coming back and he suddenly does it, I think um, I think that's the number one in my opinion. That is the first one. Get that one over the line, then anything else in my opinion will be a bonus. Yes, we might need a striker, but we've got Martinelli. I'd love to, to him to give him a chance next year. So I think he could be absolutely outstanding. And uh, obviously a right back. But as you say, that is, that is I'm being greedy now. Give me a chain, swap Jacker over for somebody. And I'll, I'll smile again with Arsenal. Well, what about Wijnaldum then? Obviously, we were just saying about him possibly leaving Liverpool. Would you take him maybe as a, as a replacement for Jagger? Yeah, I'll I, I take... Oh, I'll shut my eyes and put a pin to take to, to, to change him <laughs> for Jagger. But no, but Wijnaldum, he's a terrific footballer. I mean, doesn't he want to go to... Is it Barcelona was rumoured to go in for going yeah. to him, wasn't it? There's, so there's why should he come? With all due respect to us, why would he come to us? 
he wants a new, you know, perhaps he wants to go there, Spain, a new, a new outlook, you know. If, if, listen, if Barcelona are after him, he ain't coming to us, is he? There's lots of, uh, there's always lots of talks of like, I mean, we're it's sort of ups and downs with one and We don't know whether he's going. Um, I personally think he's going to go, but there's a lot of talk saying that he's still been offered the new contract. Barcelona have come out and they said that they had the um the debt was it the one point three billion debt, um whether they can afford him or not with the with the high wages he might want to demand. But I mean, I'll always remember a few years ago when I mean not longer than a few years ago when when the Alexis Sanchez deal went for Arsenal and Liverpool were heavily linked with him um I mean the London lifestyle might want to attract one album um and I think San- that, was, that was one reason why Sanchez you know I think he wanted to go Arsenal anyway but living in London especially for him and rather living in Liverpool is something Sanchez was attracted to so it something football's a funny thing you know that things like that could happen so I think he'd be a good signing for Arsenal one album yeah, I think he would be. I'd love to have him at Arsenal, mm. definitely. Yeah. I mean, for, is yeah. it true? I mean, what I've, what I've seen of him, he's a very good player, but he's seen when he plays for Holland, he seems to get forward a lot more, plays a different type of role and scores a few more goals than he. I've noticed. Yeah. Is that true? Rick, Rick will yeah. tell you a lot about that. <laughs> I can't stand Wijnaldum at Liverpool. Um, he frustrates me. He's a player that really frustrates me. Who He hasn't made an assist in three years. Really? He's a central midfield player and ain't got one assist in three years. He's a different. He turns into a totally different player for Holland. He scores yes. goals. Whether it's the clock roll that he's being told to play, but he he's one player that really frustrates me. And I wouldn't I wouldn't cry if he left in the summer for free. We can do a swap, Rick, Ricky. Look, take Shaka. <laughs> oh. Yeah, do a swap, mate. <laughs> Okay, the contract's been there on Monday morning, all right? No, yeah. Tuesday morning, not Monday. Right. <laughs> I did say it'd be a good sign for Barcelona, didn't I, Juan Alden? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Barcelona can afford him, but anyway. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I do like Juan I've got to be honest. I liked him at Newcastle before he, he joined Liverpool. So if we were to maybe try and get him, that would I wouldn't mind that at all. I've been saying quite quite a lot that... Anybody that we sign, I want to see players that we sign that have got experience of playing in the Premier League because they haven't got to adapt and adjust to a new style of play in a new league. Um, a lot of players who come from foreign foreign leagues takes can take them six months, a year, or they may never adapt. Whereas when you've got a player who's already played in the Premier League for a long long time, and someone like one of them, he'd be perfect because you know he can fit straight in. He hasn't got to adjust to the, to the lifestyle or he hasn't got to adjust to the climate or anything. He's already... He's already done it, so um, I, I certainly wouldn't um, have any any um, problems with that if we if we did sign somebody like Wijnaldum. And I do feel as though that is near as Melvin said, that is a priority for us midfield. That's been the one area that's we've struggled this season actually. Um, Thomas Partey hasn't quite been fit probably yet, so we can maybe expect him to improve next season. But that's that has been, that is the area for me. I agree with Melvin. That's the priority for us. And if Wijnaldum's going. And it's that we can do a deal, then let's get it done. Is what I would say. So if anyone's watching who uh, who's involved in either of those two uh, situations, just um, get it done because that would be quite quite good. I'd quite like that. Um, what we'll do, we will come back obviously to this game a little bit later as well. But I do want to go back in time a little bit and have a few kind of. <laughs> Melvin always likes doing this. I do as well. So we'll start with uh, this. So previous meetings, and obviously, as I said at the start, Arsenal and Liverpool have met um, each other in many, many massive games over the years, cup finals, league deciders, which I know you probably won't want to talk about too much, um, and just various 
big games in between. I mean, Melvin, you must have lots and lots of memories of Liverpool games over the years. So yeah, let us enjoy some of those. Right. I, I started watching Liverpool when Bill Shankly, the great Bill Shankly was their manager, and they were an amazing team. They broke my heart when I was about nine or ten, two years running. Arsenal were going for a very barren patch, and we played at home to Liverpool in the FA Cup. We had never got past the fifth round for years and years. And we were drawn home to Liverpool in the fifth round. They beat us 2-1. It, I remember going to that game. I was oh, so sad. Anyway, next year, we got very lucky. We, in the fifth round, we're going to go through, hopefully, who do we draw? Liverpool again. <laughs> this time, they beat us 1-0, again at Highbury. And that's the one where Yates and Baker, Yates of Liverpool, Ron Yates, and the Joe Baker of Arsenal had a punch-up on the centre spot. The ball wasn't anywhere near. No one saw it. I don't. I think just a couple of guys lying on the floor told you what happened. And they both got sent <laughs> off and Liverpool beat. That, that, they've done us again. Anyway, the next season, it was, no, it's the same season. That's right. Last game of the season, Liverpool, I think, were already champions, right? They'd wiped the floor with every, any, everybody. We played them. We went up there and we just about got beat 5-0. It was unbelievable. <laughs> 5-0. It was like, no, we never get beat. Five, no, 5-0, last game of the season. When you thought Liverpool might say, we've won the league, take our foot off the uh, old accelerator. So what do we do? We have a pre-season. The match fixtures come out. Who have we got first game next season, boys? Liverpool away. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. That's who we desperately want to play now. The champions away have just beaten us 5-0 a couple of months before that. Anyway, Liverpool go 2-0 two, two up. Looks like it could be another thrashing here. Then it goes to 2 all, And in the, I think near the end of the game, Liverpool won it 3-2. That was the first ever game on match of the day. Oh, I don't know if you're aware of that, boys. That was yeah, the first ever game. I watched it. Uh, our next-door neighbour had, had a, a, a station that no-one else had, very few people had at the time, called BBC Two. Because match of the day, the first ever match of the day was on BBC. And no, all we had was ITV or whatever it was called, Thames or whatever it was, and BBC One. But if you if you were up to date with it all, you know, high tech, you had BBC Two. And so he invited us in and we watched the game. We obviously knew the score because it was match of the day. But we had to see our team on. You never saw your team on telly unless it was like a cup final or something. Anyway, so that, that they, the last, the first four times I remember watching Liverpool, they, they done me in. Anyway, then, then luckily in 1971, I went to the cup final when we won the double with the Charlie George famous goal. That was a very, very hot day. I stood behind the goal and just sweltering. And I was right right in line with when Charlie George hit that ball. I saw it coming towards me. I couldn't actually see the ball. So I'm sure what's going on. Then I saw the net shudder. Well, that's it. It's in. And that was it. I can't remember much after that. In <laughs> fact, my father, who went, I didn't hit, I stood behind the goal. He managed to get a C and I didn't catch up with him until the next day. And he said, uh, so where'd you get to? He said, well, I was out after the game. I said, I, I went in this pub. I met all these Liverpool supporters. He said, we had a good drink. He said, my dad wasn't a big drinker. He said, we had a good drink. He said, no, I, I try to wind them up. He said, talk about Everton. And they go, Everton? That's just a little, that's not even in Liverpool. That's nothing to do with Liverpool. You know, he's, he, 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 he got them so famous with them. That was brilliant. Um, then in the, to Liverpool then, the 60s and the early 70s were an amazing club. Every year, they used to, what they used to do, remember, there's no foreign players coming in, so the market was very, very small. If there was a club that had a fantastic player that season, Liverpool would always buy him. And what they used to do is don't put him in the first team. No, 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 no. You've got to learn it the Liverpool way. You stick him in the reserves for 12 months. And when they got into the first team, not only were they as great as they were when they started, but they learned the Liverpool way. So that just went as a conveyor belt. And you used to think, 
What's going on? It's not fair. It's not nothing to do with money, it's just the way that Liverpool were run. There's got to be something to break this. You know, it just went on. He thought we're he had the thought it's never going to be broken. It's going to be one of those like Celtic and Rangers every year. But that didn't happen. They, they actually did. And, and 70, um, uh, 73 was a great game for us at Anfield. We won 2-0 from a goal from a penalty from Alan Ball and John Radford. And that was a smashing grab. Liverpool were all over us. It was in the mud, the old fashioned, you know, pitches in the mud. And we just we happened to win two. No, I mean, like the second goal we got, I think all the Liverpool team were in our penalty box. It was, you know, it was like, you know, they're just going at us. But we managed to do. Then in '79, I went to the uh, when we won the cup. I went to the Charity Shield at Wembley, and Liverpool beat us three-one. And I watched a player that I, I've never heard of, and I thought this geezer is different class. I mean, Liverpool were very good that day. But it was three-one. It was a big, bigger gap than that on the day, and they were a bigger club than us at that time for football reasons. I called Alan Hansen. Never heard of him. And he was just, he played the game at a different level. Every time we tried to attack, this long leg come out and he'd be at the right place. And just and also, he moved forward with the ball, which very few defenders did those days. He controlled it and moved forward. I'll never forget that. I felt, oh my God, here we go again. Liverpool again. Here we go. Um, I did one of the famous nights that I went to, I watched Arsenal Liverpool, was in 1980, Highfield Road. It was the semi-final of the FA Cup. I think it was four attempts before they could... The teams were very well matched. It took four attempts before a one goal by Brian Talbot, a header, uh, put us through. And it was I was um, I was right behind the goal, sat right behind the goal as Talbot headed it. That was a great evening for me. Also, one that I remember um, very well was uh, in 1985. Um, it was when Liverpool again were the top team. They were just the team. And you get a draw at home against it. We thought we'd done well. We beat them 2-0. And the, I don't know if you know who made the, uh, his debut that day, Richard, 85. No, really. when, yeah, and he scored. I think he might have got the, I think, I think it was the first or something. I don't know. I remember him scoring anyway. And to beat Liverpool was fantastic. And then, well, I'll let you get uh, one other game. I'll miss out the 89. I'll let you do that one, Richard. Richard. You, you know, you may or may not do that. You might miss that one out. I'll tell you what I did. I went up to Anfield in 1998. We'd already no, won the league with Wenger, right? And we sat there, quite relaxed, won the league, playing Liverpool. Let's enjoy it tonight, boys, shall we? Anyway, we're playing away. All of a sudden, 1-0 with Liverpool. We don't care. We are the champions. We don't care. Anyway, a few minutes went by. 2 near Liverpool. We don't, we're champions. We'd come on Arsenal. 3-0, 4-0. When the fifth goal went in, all the Arsenal fans started chanting, we're not singing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was... It was a madness, but it was. I say, I got beat. We got beat five nil. It was a long way back to get home, it was a, but it wasn't the end of the world. It wasn't as if we needed that game to, to win the league. That would have been a, a complete disaster. But Liverpool were on fire that night. But we did play in our defence. We did play a very, very weak team. I remember Anelka came on second half, and we played a lot better second half. But first half, we had a very weak team, and they murdered us, Liverpool. But that's some of my memories with Liverpool. Some fantastic memories. And just to say, going back to Bill Shankly. I loved Bill Shankly. To me, he wasn't another football club's manager. He was just a person by himself. He was, I, every time he said something, he like, listen, what was he saying now? He understood the game. He could get the best out of his players. He knew what he wanted. And also, he had a little bit of cheekiness about him. He was very, very good. And he was in the same stature as the, the Busbys of this world and the Bryant clubs. They were special. They weren't just shouting and screaming. They were, they were, 
fantastic people. And I was very, I'm, I'm very lucky that I was about to see these people in action. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Yeah, Bill Shelley was uh, basically built the modern Liverpool, didn't he? I suppose in many ways, uh, the modern era successive, like from the 60s. Well, what about yourself, Luke? What are your kind of memories of losing to Arsenal? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, we haven't won many at the Emirates since it opened. No, that's, that's true, <laughs> I mean, there's been a, been a lot of draws, but a lot of couple of defeats, obviously, recently. Um, I mean, the, the first memory that comes to mind, really, I remember. Um, I mean, for me personally, the the the, the most favourite one for me was probably the two thousand one FA Cup final. Um, just that. How did, we, how, how did you beat us in that game? I do not know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, I just, yeah. I basically, <laughs> I basically sat there and I just knew like the the team Arsenal had that day, like Omri, Lundberg, Burkamp. You know, the the, the list goes on. And um, I, I just didn't know how we won that game. We got away with so much. Like, Vesterville had an absolute worldy in goal. I mean, Carragher was, you know, Carragher and Hoopier were just, like, literally saving our skins a lot. Hoopier was saving with his heart, wasn't he, at one point? Yeah, yeah, well. literally. Like, I, I literally <laughs> thought we'd had two goalkeepers in before Lundberg scored. Yeah. And um, <laughs> just a stroke of luck, really. I mean, I mean, and at the time, I mean, um, me and Rick done a video last week um, on our channel, like, the best 11. And Rick put Michael Owen in there and then the two goals he scored. I mean, the first goal, maybe a little bit of luck, bit of a ricochet, but the finish was good. But the second goal, I mean, at the time, like that was England's back four and England's goalkeeper. And he'd done that to, to David Seaman. Who, and the finish was on his weaker foot, right in the corner, like right at the end of the game as well. It was just literally, as yeah. as you mentioned, Melvin, like a snatch and grab from yeah. Liverpool that day. And how we won that game, I don't know. I really don't know. But the, the one other game that really stands to mind for us, um, I think I, I think one game that we could have, I think we we challenged for the title that season. I remember Ramsey had a great season at Arsenal. Um, you beat us 2-0 and Ramsey scored that goal from like 30 sort of yards out, beat Mingale quite, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, that season, it was sort of a, I think at the time we weren't challenging for the league, that like we had a, a later run after. But, you know, that that game sort of summed up, you know, we're still sort of miles behind the last and we're at a good stage at then. But one other game that really sort of stands to mind to me was the Champions League game. Um, Torres, it was the Torres showing him. Um, I remember Torres scored that goal. He, he had his back to goal turn and just smacked it in the top corner. Yeah. Um, and then was it, uh, was it um, Walcott ran the whole pitch, um, squared it to Adi Bayor, and then when it, when he scored, I thought, oh no, here we go! Like we're going out of Champions well, that, League. That put us through on the way he goes at that particular. Yeah, point. We and then mentally away and think we'd won, and straight away you get a penalty. Got the penalty like half a minute later, and then I mean it, we had no better. We had I mean Torres was a striker, but standing over a twelve well penalty, we had no better player than Steven Gerrard stepping up taking that um, brilliant penalty. And then it was the I mean for me it was the Ryan Babel show last twenty minutes. He just came on and absolutely killed Arsenal's defence. His pace was just frightening. Um, and the only other one that just sort of springs to mind a little bit, um, I mean, it's just so, like, I've just seen in lots of Liverpool-Arsenal games, there's so many goals. I mean, I was at yeah. the Emirates, I was at the Emirates when uh, Arsenal played Liverpool, it was a free-all draw, and Liverpool were two oh, up. Yeah. Yeah. Liverpool that were two December. up. December. That was right, yeah. Yeah, it was like, a couple of days before Christmas. So, and, um, I was I was actually in the Arsenal win that day. I was with my brother. My brother's an Arsenal fan, so I was sitting there, and and Salah got the second goal, and I just sort of sort of elbowed him a little bit. I was like, you know, like we're 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 in control here. And then, and then, and then uh, Melvin's favourite player, Xhaka, turned up. You know, and Ozil done that turn 
uh, and finished it well. And yeah, just just Arsenal Liverpool have got some crazy, crazy games. But um, I'd, I'd definitely say for me, my favourite memory was probably the, the FA Cup final in 2001. Yeah, no, it was definitely... Uh... Yeah, smashing grab is definitely the way to describe that one for, for you guys, without shadow of a doubt. But um, you know, I suppose um, you probably deserve one against us in a cup final, didn't you? I guess after that, we'd won a couple of cup finals against you previously. So, um, what about yourself, Ricky? And what were your kind of um, best and worst memories, maybe, of, of games against Arsenal down the years? So I was born the year of the infamous two-nil win for Arsenal at Anfield to win the league. On the last day, um, when Thomas broke hearts, but I think two, ga- two games stand out for me massively was when we thought we were going to break your invincible season at Highbury. Yeah, I think we were two up at half time, and then Henri just turned it into his own show. Um, <laughs> just talked Liverpool back for a listen, to be fair. Um, so we had that game there, and the are shaving. Yeah. Four goals at Anfield. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, brilliant. that was the, season, the year we were down for the league with Man United. And yeah, I think oh, Shavin just loved playing against Liverpool at Anfield. Harry mm-hmm. scored four mm-hmm. games on that. How we drew on that night against you, I think your goalkeeper had an unbelievable game. Was it Fabianski? Yeah, goal he just he yeah. saved everything. I it was it Almunia? I can't remember which one played that night. No, it was Fabianski. It was, it was Fabianski. Yeah. Was it Fabianski? It just, yeah, it might have been, yeah. It, it just seems like every goalkeeper that plays against Liverpool turns into a prime Buffon. Um, <laughs> you still let him fall, though. You oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, 2001, just the Michael Owen final. Just unbelievable yeah. how, how you crumbled a little bit in the sort of, like, 10 minutes. Um, but other than that, there's been some good games. McManaman scoring goals against Arsenal. ML Heskey, I remember there was a game we beat you 4 0. Um, I think you had Alex Meninga in goal for that game. Yeah, yeah. Robbie, Robbie Fowler scoring goals is just unbelievable. There's, You've got there's a hat-trick. been so many Fowler one game against us. Yeah. yeah, two in a row, two seasons in a row, he's got a hat trick. Yeah. And Crouch got a hat trick against us. Oh, yeah, yeah. the perfect hat trick. Yeah, yeah. I remember the one other game as well that you know was not so much in the league form, but I remember Baptista got four goals. Yeah, yeah, he scored four on Mr. Penalty as well, didn't he? That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's just loads of goals in the Liverpool Arsenal game all the time. Yeah, I think that I think that game as well. There was a lot of talks about. I think because it was one of Jersey Dulek's first games back for Liverpool since the Champions League final in 2005, and he came back and conceded six. So it's just there's a there was a reason why we bought Pepe Reina. I mean, maybe not might not have done sort of better that night, but. You know, considering well, didn't, Bobby Fowler, didn't Bobby Fowler make a comeback that night as well? Because I think he scored against us one of the yeah. goals for the yeah. report as well. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Gerard, Gerard got one, I think. Did Hoopier get one, Rick? I think maybe that day. Yeah, I think Hoopier and, and Fowler, yeah. 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 So I think it was four. I think you got it back to four or three at one point. Because I think we'd been like two or three nil up. And then I think you got it back to four or three. And then I think we got a couple of goals late on and missed a penalty. And uh, that was a strange old game. Um, Shane mentions that um, Henri Hattrick as well when he turned Carragher inside out. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> a memorable game. That when, like you said, the, the invincible run was just looked like it might have been ending, and um, Henri decided that he wasn't going to stand for that. <laughs> I, 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 I literally had to. I, I clapped that second half. Literally, you, as as sad as it was for Liverpool that day, like to lose it, like you you have to applaud it. You know, he was by far 
in my opinion, Thierry Henry is probably the best player that's played in the Premier League. He's just sensational. Right. He's got, he's yeah. just got to respect it. No, he, he was. And obviously that particular game, he, he did um, what you need your, your best players and your captain and your leaders to do is to turn up when you need them to, to put in a performance. Obviously that day he did. And um, yeah, that was obviously a memorable game. There has been so many. And, and as, as Ricky said there, with uh, the number of goals there's been in Arsenal Liverpool games, it's incredible when you look at it. I know, I think I read somewhere it's, some, it's got the most goals in the Premier League history of, of games between two sides. And it's not surprising when you look at some of the games it's been, obviously that 4 all, for example. I mean, I, when I first started going to watch Arsenal, which was in the very, very early 1980s, obviously Liverpool were the top team, winning the league every year, winning the European Cup. And they were the team that you looked, you looked at in awe, really. And I remember the first game I ever went to Arsenal-Liverpool was at Highbury, it was near the end of the season, 1982. And um, I remember we got a 1-1 draw and we celebrated as though, we, well, I think we were like fifth or sixth in the league or something. Liverpool won the league and we got a 1-1 draw and we celebrated like we'd won the FA Cup or something. It was just that we'd actually got a draw against Liverpool. That's how it felt and it was unbelievable. I'll never forget that. Um, and then a couple of years later, 1984 it was, uh, I think you, you guys had won the league three years in a row and you'd had a poor start to that season and we played you early on in the season. We won 3-1 at Highbury. We went top of the league. It was the first time we'd been top of the league for about 12 years. And that was a really, for me, I was about 16 at the time. I just started working, left school, and it just felt like a really great time to be an Arsenal fan. We, we went top of the league and never seen anything like it. To beat Liverpool 3-1 at Highbury as well, there was a great free kick from Brian Talbot, I remember, at the clock in, which went right in the top corner. And it, that was just... I remember uh, that. I remember that. Yeah, just to beat Liverpool. I think that was the first time I'd ever seen Arsenal beat Liverpool ever. And it was just, that was just incredible. That was. Um, there was a couple of games actually. That, um, there was one in the League Cup, 1989. It was a nil nil draw at Highbury. And it was, it was a lockout. It was like nearly 60,000 in the ground. I couldn't get in. I got there, got off the train, and the queue was already like round a corner. I'm thinking, this is not looking good. And uh, I couldn't get in. It was locked out. And it was a nil nil draw. So that game, I never actually got in which was sort of memorable for the wrong reasons, maybe. And then I think it was the season after we played using the League Cup again at Highbury. And we did win that game 1-0. And um, I think it was just after we'd scored in the second half, Alan Smith scored. And um, there was a big, massive surge. I used to stand on a clock in right near where the away fans were. And it used to be like a fence that separated the away fans from the Arsenal fans. And they'd be like usually police in a line. And there was a big surge when we scored. And I got kind of pushed into the where where the police were and they threw me out the ground so I didn't actually see the end of that game either <laughs> and I was, I was driving home in the car listening to the final 10 minutes on the radio and um, we ended up winning 1-0 so I think can I, I just can game. I just add one game Richard I just remembered yeah, one go. game yeah, yeah, go right on. it was the 19 I don't know if it was 74-5 season Liverpool last game of the season we're playing Liverpool and Liverpool had to win it to win the league and another result go their way. It might have been that Leeds or Forest were going for the title or Derby. I can't remember who it was. It was right? Derby. Was it Derby? Last game, anyway. It was this nil, game nil. finished nil-nil, right? Yeah. It was one of the best nil-nil games I've ever seen. And Keegan was unbelievable. All our visions of him going down the wing, spinning and going off again. It was the best performance I've ever seen of an away team. One of the best. And the Arsenal crowd were cheering on Liverpool. Honestly, they were playing so well, Liverpool. They were playing such amazing football and not scoring. I mean, we weren't we weren't a bad team, but Liverpool and it was the atmosphere. Being a mid being a midweek game was good, right? The atmosphere. And you're playing the top looks like the top team, right? And it finished up we the whole ground changed. At first it was come on Arsenal. But when they watched this Liverpool team play, 
and the beautiful way that Keegan was playing. He was playing out his skin. I mean, it must have been one of his ever, best ever performances. It was silly what he was doing with the ball and not score. It just didn't quite happen for him. The crowd actually turned. You could feel it. They were like, they were egging Liverpool on. I've never seen that before at an Arsenal crowd. And it was a great, great, great football match to watch. There's only there's two nil-nil draws at Highbury in my life that I've seen that I loved. That was one of them. Was the other one a real Madrid one? No, no. The other one, again, was very important, I thought. It was very early in the season. We drew nil-nil at home to Leeds with 10 men. It was going to be us or Leeds, we thought, for the oh, title. Yeah. And we, yeah. we played like 70-odd minutes with 10 men. And we, we, we battered them. Couldn't score. We battered them. And Leeds were very good. And we thought, all of a sudden, we've got half a team here. So that was a great game as well. Yeah, I remember that nil-nil with Real Madrid in the Champions League. We'd won one yeah, that, yeah. that nil-nil, that was a great, that's one of the greatest games I've ever been to. That was a nil-nil. That was, was... Senderos played out of his skin, didn't he, Richard, yeah, that yeah, night, yeah. remember? Yeah, yeah. I think there's one, was... other, there's one other Champions League game I think a lot of Arsenal fans were celebrating. And it was uh, 2019 when Liverpool beat Spurs in the Champions League final. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, was, uh... <laughs> I was at a wedding then. I was at a wedding. And had me phone because that was on YouTube. That game was being for some reason. Yeah. It was on YouTube, and my son phoned me up. He says the game's on YouTube. Is you serious? Went so I looked at my phone, and I saw was it say Liverpool one Spurs nil. I thought, and it was, I thought the game hadn't started yet. Now what are they talking about? Then I realised it started. I couldn't believe it was one nil after one minute. And then I was watching it at the the, uh, the wedding had finished. We just like you're eating, you know, something to eat. I'm looking down. I'm praying, obviously, praying. <laughs> and uh, and then we got in the at the end of the wedding. We got in the car, and uh, you'd scored your second as we got in the car. So and relax, yeah, because well, it'd yeah, been a nightmare for us. Believe me, boys. That uh, both I'd have to leave the country with no internet. I'd have to look, go to a country with no internet. All right, for the rest of my life. Uh, both so our brothers, again. both our brothers are Arsenal fans, and they've said that. You know, Arsenal should build a statue of Divock Origi outside the Emirates, like just holding it. I must admit, I, I, you know, it's not often I'll support any other team, but I, I, apart from Arsenal. But that night, I was a big Liverpool fan, definitely. <laughs> uh, I've never, I've never been so happy that another team has won a game than I was on that particular night when Liverpool won that. So yeah, that was, uh, that was good. Yeah, that certainly um, couldn't have gone much better, could it? When they say so Liverpool getting that penalty after what 25 seconds or whatever it was it wasn't even really a penalty was it so made it even better so oh yeah. it was it was it was against Tottenham it was best penalty I've ever, I've ever seen um straight there in the chat says he says this is why this channel has the best match preview show on YouTube stories of previous minutes my players yeah now we enjoy, we enjoy doing that uh, get other people's memories as well because you know everyone's got their own different memories haven't they of, um, of all the games and stuff right. like that so um, that's always good fun I mean there's so many games I can mention I just remember there was a goal in pass scored at Highbury once from about 40 yards chip the keeper against Liverpool that was a good game as well going back I think that was 92 um, and do you remember that game at the Emirates where there was um, it was nil-nil for about 98 minutes and then there was two penalties in the at the end of injury time I think Jamie Carragher got a bad injury during the game they played about 12 minutes injury time but it was nil-nil. Yeah. Nil. And then we got a penalty about 98th minute and scored. And we thought, oh, Van Persie scored. We thought, oh, we've won. And then in about the 101st minute or something, Liverpool got a penalty. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah.
Suarez took it and you think like, all right, as soon as it's taken, blow the whistle. And then it, it looked clumsy, but it was never a penalty. Never a penalty in a million years. But uh, the, the best thing about that game was uh, right at the end when the whistle went and then Wenger went to Dalgleish and then um, yeah. Wenger just went like, and then um, Dalgleish told him to piss off. Like that was just one of the funniest yeah. things I've ever seen in the fixture. But, um, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah crazy. That, 10, that, 15 minutes. That, that was a mad game. That, yeah, I think it was the latest... The latest two goals I've ever seen. I think it was 98 and 102nd minute or something stupid. It's like, what's going on here? But I think it's been, I thought it was Jamie Carrick, wasn't it? Who got a head injury or something during the second half. And there had been a massive long hold up. And that was why. But even then, I still don't think there was that much stoppage time. They just wanted to keep playing until Liverpool got a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you start with all the time, didn't it? In the, in the 1980s, you just played till Liverpool scored and that was it. Then it was game over, wasn't it? It was, it was never no more 1-0 to the Arsenal. It was always until you know Liverpool yeah. just get the penalty. Until, until Liverpool score. You just play, play until, and that was the rules, wasn't it? It was just playing until Liverpool scored. That's it. That's that leash time. Win. Next goal wins, that's what it was uh, in the eighties. <laughs> it seemed to be, but anyway, um, we won't mention the eighty-nine game just because it's been mentioned so many times before, and I'm sure you guys are sick of it as well. But <laughs> I mean, it'll probably be the most, it is the most famous game ever played in English football, and it happened to involve our two clubs, I suppose. But we'll come on to that actually a little bit in this next section, which is another thing that I enjoy doing as well. <laughs> So there's not actually as many of these players that's played for both clubs as I thought there was going to be. I thought there'd be loads and loads, but actually there hasn't been that many. Um, well, there's a few, but not maybe as many as I thought there would be. Um, if we start, obviously, there's one. Um, I suppose we should start with this guy. Obviously, he's currently playing for Liverpool, isn't he? Having been at Arsenal for a while, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. What do you guys make of him? What you made of him at Liverpool? He's had a lot of injuries, hasn't he? I've... A bit, a bit unfortunate, I think, for him because I do think when we signed him, I think he was probably one of Arsenal's better players when we, when you let him go. I think he was doing well there. Um, I do think that it took a bit of time for him to settle into the team until the way Klopp wanted to, you know, wanted him to play. But I think for a, for a time, especially the season where we we lost the Champions League final, Oxley Chamberlain for at least three to six months was one of the best midfielders in the country, and he was. You know, he was getting back in the England team. He was doing everything that he needed to do. He got that massive injury in the semi-final against Roma. And it just, ever since then, it's it's just never happened for him. And I, I, I'm, I mean, me and Rick have had this debate. I mean, we, we obviously need a couple of fresh faces in the summer. Ox might be one of those players that might have to make way to make sort of financial, obviously like a bit more financial backing for us. I personally don't want him to go. I want him to stay at least another season. I do think that he can still offer something. But I just think he's been very, very unfortunate with the injuries he's had whilst he's been at Liverpool. But, um, yeah, I think he's a good player. I just think he's been a bit unlucky. No, he has been. He, was, he, he had a lot of injuries at Arsenal as well, actually. He's one of those players that just seems to... You get them, don't you? Players that seem to get injured all the time. They, they can't seem to get 10 games in a row without picking up some sort of injury. Um I mean, what, what did you make of him, Melvin, at Arsenal, Oxlade-Chamberlain? I, I think he had potential, but he never made it. For me, he never reached that level because of the injuries, wasn't it, really? I think he had it all. He was strong. He could kick with both feet. He was direct. He was fast. He had a good shot on him. He had everything for him to make a great footballer. And I think he was just a very unlucky player. He was injury-prone at Arsenal, to be quite honest with you. It's not just when he went to Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, he used yeah. to get injured at the world. He was never great to get injured. 
but every get a bit of steam behind him and then he'd get injured and then be out for a few months and he'd come back he'd build it up again I, I think that perhaps he would have been better playing in a different type of Arsenal team because I think he had too, we had too many players at that time that weren't actually if you like I don't say he's one of them pulling their weight and I think that he had we had a very very good team he could have been the cherry on top of the of it all because he as I say he was terrific I think he come on when we first signed him he come on a sub against was it AC Milan Richard or something he come on and caught a couple of goals was AC Milan he came. he's got two terrific yeah, goals was it? Yeah, one of the Italian yeah, teams yeah, yeah, remember that, yeah. and he took his goal so well he was calm he, yeah. he, he drifted into the box went past the geezer and just pushed it past the keeper like like he was playing on a five-a-side pitch you know that type of class and he, as you say, Richard, he never kicked on, did he? His, no. his best season, probably no. the first couple he had with us. He never kicked on. It might have been something to do with, I think, um, with uh, the injuries. It must have been because he definitely still got it all. He still got it all. I love him to see him do it. But it's just not quite happening for me at the moment. No, I think we did well to get, was it 40 million we got for him? Which was probably yeah. quite a good deal from our point of view for a player that had a lot of injuries. Um, although, obviously, he has got a potential, as you said. What about yourself, Rick? Would you, would you like him to stay at Liverpool or maybe do you think it's time to maybe move on for him? He's not really quite hit it as he hit the heights. For me, he for six months, he was Liverpool's best player. Um, like the goals against Man City in the Champions League. Um, he scored against him in the league as well the same season. And he, he just looked a totally different player playing in central midfield for Liverpool for six months. Um, then he got that injury against Rome and he hasn't recovered from that. I don't think. Um, I'd like to see him stay because I think he offers something different than what we've got. But I think because he's English, you get a lot of money for him if you do sell him. I think we get more than what we sold him for. I think if if you you'll get what you bought him for, you'll just get a bit more depending who buys him. And um, there was talk about West Ham possibly in the summer to replace Lingard once he goes back to Man United. Um, but no, I'd like to see him stay. He does offer something different than what we've got. Yeah, I think if he, if he could stay injury-free, I think he would still be a good player. But it's just, is he ever going to manage to be injury-free? Because he hasn't yeah. really managed his career yet, has he, unfortunately? He's been one of them players. And it's a shame because, I say, I think he has got the potential. Um, another player who, uh, he, he wasn't at Arsenal long. Um, he was, obviously, he, he played for Liverpool a bit longer. Yeah, he was only on loan at Arsenal. But I really liked him. What did you guys make of uh, Yossi <laughs> ben Ayoun? Must have enjoyed watching him. Oh, he, Yossi ben Ayoun. Um He's probably the. I think he's, the, he's one of the only two players that have gone to the burner bar and scored the winning goal for an English side there, including Omri's at Benayoun as well with that record. Um, I liked him at Liverpool. I really did. I think he, you know, he was. Uh, I think he was quite one of our sort of underrated players in our team. Um, scored the equaliser in that famous four-four draw um, at Anfield. Yeah, yeah. The having four goals. Um, yeah. Again, I think generally in the Premier League, I think he was a, a decent. Under, like, underrated player and I think for Liverpool again didn't really spend too much time there but I think he was overall a decent player I might like to have him to stayed a bit longer but no, I, I, I think he was I think he was pretty good for us to be honest Rick I don't know what you think on Ben Ayun. what a weird player he was um, I think one of the only players to play for three of the big four at this stage or the four that were the biggest in the Premier League at the time no one knew exactly what his position was or 
mm. what he was about. He was just one of them players who just give his all in every game. And he had un- unbelievable technique and skill mm. as a player, but yeah, he just didn't really kick on anywhere he went. No, he never said. I mean, he was only on loan at Arsenal for, you know, sort of three quarters of a season. And I thought he was really good, actually. He, he was a really good technical player. He, he had great feet. He scored some great goals for us, actually, that season. And I, I really, really liked him. I wanted us to sign him permanently. But I think he was at Chelsea at the time. I think he went back there afterwards. But what do you remember of him, Melvin? Did you like Ben Ayoun? I thought he was decent. I thought he was very good. I liked him a lot. And I was disappointed when we went back. Because, as you said, he's different, though. He's a different type of player. He, he could play across the front four. He could play deep. He could do lots of things. He could come up and like, like be the, join the forwards very quickly. And he, you know, he, he, could, he could dribble. He could shoot. He could pass. And I, I wish, wish we could have had him a bit earlier and had a good like five or six seasons out of him. Yeah, it'd have been terrific. I think it'd have been a terrific plan for us or any other team. And it's a shame we just got a few months of him. You know, we got the taste of him, but that was it. It's a shame. Yeah, yeah, I would have liked him to have had a lot longer. I say I'd like wanted us to sign him at the time, but we couldn't get it done, or maybe he didn't want to stay. I don't know. But yeah, he had a good season actually. I, I enjoy watching him. And a player who's maybe more of a, a legend at Arsenal, but came to Liverpool more towards the end of his career. Of course, um Colo Toro. What can you say about him? What, <laughs> what an absolute legend. I just love the guy. I thought he was brilliant. What, what did you make of him at Liverpool? He, he was there a couple of years, wasn't he, towards the end of his career? I don't suppose you got the best out of him though, did you really? A lot of people say that. I mean, Carlo Torre don't go wrong. Great defender for Arsenal. I remember was it was it the trial that he had at Arsenal when he uh, he kept like two footing players all the time in training. Yeah. And finger was like Carlo Torre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, listen, uh, there was no no question in his ability. I mean, when we signed him on a free transfer from from Man City, it was like you know we've got a winner. Uh, you know, in our in our defence, we've got a winner. Um, that one season um, where we should have won the league, which obviously everyone will go on with the Gerrard slip, is the reason why we lost the league. I'll always remember a game we played against West Brom and he gave the ball away straight away to the West Brom striker. Like we playing out the back, give it straight to the striker and they, they scored. And from that game, we drew 1-1 and that was two points dropped. So a lot of people say about, you know, Gerrard's mistake. Of course, he's the big highlight of that, but Torre made a big one there. But to be honest... I think, you know, he's coming to the end of his career. Um, he was never, ever going to be at the heights of what he was at Arsenal. And obviously for the for the time he was at City as well for a couple of years. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm kind of glad that it was just Torre that we signed from City, like ex-Arsenal players going to City, like you had Bakary Sang, you had Gal Clichy, you know, you had Sami Nasri, for example. Like you had so many players that went from Arsenal to City. So in our case, like for the age range, it was, Fortunately, it was just him that came along to Liverpool. But, you know, he tried his best. He'd done what he had to do. I think he, he sort of made... I think he sort of helped the way for, you know, the next up-and-coming sort of Liverpool team in the next couple of years. So, you know, I've got... You know, I've got not really much bad to say about Colo Torre, to be honest. No, so, like, like you said, he just maybe was obviously towards the end of his career when, when he when he came to Liverpool, really. What did you remember of him, Ricky, then? Anything, anything good or not, really? I know he was, say, past his best, probably, wasn't he, at that point? Yeah, um, I'll just always remember that goal against Villa away he scored. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we won the game 6-0 when he scored, and he celebrated like we won the Champions League. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, he, he was right. He coming. I don't think Rodgers really had the attraction of getting big-name players. We didn't have a lot of money at that time. 
and he just fit the bill coming, someone with experience and to help the back four out. But yeah, it was, it, he was past his best by them. Yeah, no, I think he was. I mean, he was great at Arsenal, wasn't he, Melvin? He must he's still loving oh. the Adkara Torre. He was brilliant, wasn't he? He's so enthusiastic. He's unbelievable. He was oh, so enthusiastic. I mean, he did forget he was a centre half sometimes. He used to roll it out. Like, get back, mate. Get back, you know. Look at that number. He was in midfield, didn't he? He, he was a midfield. He, he played right back as well. Didn't he originally? I think he played right back a few games. But uh, he had that partnership with Sol Campbell, which was fantastic. And he was, I say, so, so enthusiastic. He never shirked the challenge. You know, he, he, he could score the odd goal here and there as well. He didn't mind having a cop. No, he was great for us. He was very, very good. He was uh, he was one of those players that perhaps technically wasn't the best, but made up for it in so many other areas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He just gave 100% every single game, didn't he? He was, yeah, he was a brilliant player. He used to love Colo Torre. And I seem to remember he had a bit of a nightmare once playing for Liverpool against us, actually. No. I think he got... He got um, yeah. Before we were still playing for Arsenal that day. Another guy who was um probably wasn't probably that popular, maybe at either club in the end. No. Oh, what a player. What did you guys sort of make of him? He wasn't Liverpool long, was he? No, so I think he came on loan to us. I really liked him. I wanted us to sign him. And then we went, instead of signing an Elker in the summer, we went and signed pro- possibly the second worst signing we've ever made in El Hadjouf. We oh, chose him. Right. We chose him over an Elker. Yeah. And I mean, an Elker was, an Elker was a hitman in front of goal. He was unbelievable. Yeah, right. right. finish right. And we chose that over an Elker. Wow. I didn't realise that had happened, but that, that would be you'd be getting about that definitely. I mean, we, we got rid of an Elkra ball cheery on so we didn't do too bad, I suppose. Do you remember Luke and Elka? Did you like him as well? Yeah, I did. I, I mean, obviously, we only had him for a short time, but as as Ricky said, there's there's no comparison. Like, I mean, signing El Hadji Juf like to to replace him, like it's just I don't. I don't know what our scouts were doing. Like, were they just watching Juf over a park and thought, like, you know, we'll go and sign him instead of Anelka because, you know, Anelka may have been too expensive. I don't know. I'll always remember Nicholas Anelka as well for the for the wrong reasons as well. With When he was, apart from this season, he was the last player to score a, a, a Manchester City winning goal against us at Anfield. So, um, you know, like mm-hmm. seeing players like Nicholas Anelka coming over to, to haunt us when we should have possibly tried to sign him. Um it's all about fire dance a little bit, but yeah, there's no question an Elka's ability. I'll always remember that goal for Arsenal. We he hit against Man United against Schmeichel. You know, everyone goes on. Everyone, I think everyone was going on about was Ian Wright against Schmeichel. Could Wright finally get a goal against him? But then this young Anelka kid came about and just wow, great player. You know, and it's just a shame he you didn't really get to see the most of him at Arsenal. I know you had Henri, but. I think Anelka would have been such a big signing for Arsenal for a few more years later on. No, no, definitely, yeah. I mean, he obviously left under a bit of a cloud, really, the way that he went about it. And we got a lot of money for him. And I say, we, we got Thierry Henry on the back of that and built a new training ground. So we didn't do bad out of him. But <laughs> I just felt as though, I agree, he was just kind of reaching a, a great level, actually. He had a great season for Arsenal. I think he was only about 20 or 21 or whatever he was at the time. He was only young. And he thought, yeah, he, he could be a big star at Arsenal for five, ten years. And then, 
obviously he got a bit greedy and maybe that's where it was and he went but um so he, he'd left a bit of a bit of taste in my mouth personally but there was no getting away from the fact he was a great player and he, he had a great career in him as well didn't he scored goals everywhere he went well, what did you make of him, Melvin? I know he, say, he didn't leave in the best sort of circumstances, did he, really? I think that's probably to do a lot with his brothers as well. I think they were his agents, weren't they? Yeah. I think that was where that yeah. got first. Yeah, possibly, but I, yeah. I saw his first game away at Derby. Yeah, I, I think it might have been the last game at the baseball ground I went. Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah. you know, heard about him. This guy's absolutely this. That. I looked at him. Oh, bloody hell, they're right. This guy's got it all. I mean, the speed. The way he collected that ball, it just went was amazing. He could go past players strong. He was direct. And he was just, he, as you say, I mean, can you imagine if we had both of them up front, him and Henri? I mean, that might have been worth watching. But uh, it wasn't yeah. to be. But I remember he scored a hat-trick, I think, against Leicester in the first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. someone said to me, allegedly in the know, um, he's going, you know, to shut up. No, no, no. I think he's going. I've got her vibes that he's going. And I thought, no, he can't be. And it was right a few months later, he was all gone, all over Red Rover. So, but he was a terrific player. Wherever he hey. went, he scored goals. He got sent off against us as well. Do you remember? Yeah, against the Man, Man City, wasn't Man it? City, wasn't it? I think it was Man City, yeah. Man City, yeah. But was yeah, a no, he was a great player. But yeah, I, 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 did you see that documentary about him, actually? That was on, was it on Netflix or something? Um, that was really good, actually. An insight into um, his player. Player away from football. Yeah, it was really good. I don't know if it's still available or watch. How's he come across? How's well, I mean, a lot, a lot of people didn't like the way he came across, but I actually thought he came across quite well. You know, he's, he's very strong-minded and he's not going to take he's not going to take shit off people, put it that way. But I quite liked him. I thought he came across quite well in that. And it kind of changed my opinion of him a little bit. Um, and I'd say massive respect to him, really. And he did have a great career and he was a great player. I just don't... Yeah. I didn't like the way he left and that kind of annoyed me a bit, really. But... Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's definitely worth watching that documentary. I can't remember what it's called now, but it was it's good. It is really good. It's a good insight into his life. Is it called Is it called, I think, Miserable Football? Is that what it's called? The Sulk, <laughs> I think it might have been called, actually. <laughs> I think it might have been called The Sulk, actually. I think I might be what it was called. But it's, it's really good anyway. And it's definitely worth watching if you ever get a chance. Um, another player who didn't really... I didn't think he did particularly well at Arsenal, but I think he did a bit better at Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Name Pennant. I don't know what you guys made of him. A bit of a, uh, a yes. reputation, shall we say, off the pitch as well. Um, I was going to say, did he have more um, police tags than appearances? Didn't he? Probably. Yeah, I mean, he did what well, he did about for Liverpool, didn't he? Scored think, that goal against Chelsea, didn't he? Yeah, yeah I, I think that's but, the only thing I remember him for that Chelsea goal. To be honest, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I see. Sorry, what goal was that? Genuine. I've forgotten. What, what goal was that? He, I think it was the first few minutes of the game and the, the ball come onto the right and he chested it down. It was about 30 yards from goal. Half-volleyed it. And he half-volleyed it against Czech uh -huh. and it was like, it was going across goal and Czech was at full stretch and it was literally in the top corner. You couldn't get no more in it. And I think apart from that, it's probably the only sort of memory I remember of Jermaine Pennant being at Liverpool. Um, just seeing that, he, he did lose the Champions League final in 2007. He wasn't in the squad for the um, 2005 um, Liverpool team. But, um, uh, so, yeah, he thought he won the Champions League with Liverpool. I don't know. So he didn't win it then, no. No, no he, he lost the final 2-1. But um, I think, uh, I mean, yeah, as you said, not really given a chance at Arsenal, maybe. But I mean, at Liverpool, I just didn't really sort of work out for him there either, to be honest. 
I think it was his attitude, wasn't it? That seemed to be uh, off the, off the pitch as well, like the trouble he's got in and all that kind of stuff. He just got a hat trick for Arsenal against Southampton. The only three goals he ever scored actually was for Arsenal. Um, we won six one, and Robert Pires got a hat trick as well. But yeah, I mean, he never really made it at Arsenal, did he? At all, Melvin Jermaine. Pennell. He was when we bought. Was it Notts County? I think we bought him from. Yeah, he was like. I think we bought when he was only about sixteen. We paid quite a lot of money for a sixteen-year-old at that time. Yeah, I and everyone was talking about him. Yeah, 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 he was. Yeah, he was, and it just didn't happen for him. And he, he had the, the the rumors going about that he wasn't perhaps putting it all in, and he had a bit of a problem. Off, I mean, when he, I don't know what team. I mean, I, I don't know who he was playing for, but one team he was playing for, and he left his car at the airport to go somewhere, and then months later he was getting tickets, and he couldn't work out what his tickets were for. Uh, yeah, oh, you hear that? He left his car at an airport, and got he left it there. Some Porsche or something, some you know, <laughs> razzy dazzy car. And uh, where well, did you think it's coming from? I ain't got, oh, well, I've got one of those, that's right. Where is it? Oh, that's right, months and months later. But no, um, I, I think that he had the skill. I'm not sure about he wasn't a very big player, that doesn't mean you're not going to be a good player. But I think it didn't help that he wasn't practicing the speed, he was very speed and tricky, but he didn't quite have that stature, in my opinion. That's the word I'm no, he didn't, no, stature. No, not physically, no, no, he didn't. I mean, I think he's a typical example of a young player that maybe gets too much too young, can't deal with the money and the fame and everything else. And he didn't, he wasn't able to deal with that. And it ended up costing him his career, I thought, because he, he, he potentially could have had a great career and he never, he wasn't focused enough on his football, was he? Like you said, I mean, the fact he left, he left the car at the airport, didn't care about his car. This goes to show his old attitude off the pitch for me. Um, Gary in the chat there said that, that Nicholas Nell was called Anelka Misunderstood. Well, there you go. Probably a good title for it, actually, because <laughs> when you watch it, you kind of feel that maybe he was misunderstood. I certainly felt I've got a different impression of him from watching that. So that's a good title. For I, nearly, I nearly got the title right, didn't I? Yeah, the last three letters, right? Yeah, yeah, you go. That's not too bad. Um, and a player that um, I'm not quite sure how he ended up playing for Liverpool and Arsenal was this guy. Lovely guy, but how on earth did Jimmy Carter play for Liverpool and Arsenal? How did that happen? Does anybody know? Because I certainly don't. No. <laughs> Never heard of him. No, I was just going to say, that's that's how... We're supposed to be he a only, history club, but I can't remember who that Jimmy Carter He only Carter played was. eight games for Liverpool in 1991. And then he, he joined Arsenal. After, he'd been at Millwall, actually. Had a couple of good scenes at Millwall. Looked a decent play. Went to Liverpool. Played eight games. Never really... I think he might have been under Graham Souness kind of era. And um, then... He moved to Arsenal. I think Dalglish bought him, yeah, but I think he, yeah. I think soon this maybe was there. I think it was during that period, wasn't it? All that was going on, and he ended up coming to Arsenal anyway, and wasn't particularly good. And I don't <laughs> really know what happened to him after that. He, he scored five. He scored two goals for Arsenal actually in twenty nine games. I think they were both against Southampton. We, a game we won four yeah. three. Which I, I remember That's the right. game. I just remember. I just remembered, Richard. There is one person that Arsenal could have back that Liverpool took. You can have. You can have the physio back, Chris Morgan. Oh, because every 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 since he's gone to Liverpool, we've just had injuries galore. So Arsenal went back. That's what they were saying with him when he was at Arsenal. There was a lot of muscle injuries to players. Yeah, he's left Arsenal. Arsenal haven't had a muscle injury in months. He's come to Liverpool when they're getting them. Well, at least at least he's consistent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is that. He's, he's, he's certainly consistent. There's no doubt about that. Um, there's a couple of players from, uh, you, you two won't remember, but I know Melvin does, obviously. Wayne well, probably knows who this guy is. Famous oh, player from both Arsenal and Liverpool. Ray Kennedy, of course. Why'd um, we let him go? 
brilliant, brilliant player for Arsenal. Ray, Ray Kennedy. He came in the team, I think, when he was 18 or 19, straight from the reserves. No one heard of him. And he, after about a few minutes, got a very important goal for us in a final. Kept us in the, you know, in, it was a two-legged yeah, final in the Europe. Yeah, Bears yeah. Cup final. And then the next season, we won the, the double and he was outstanding. And he played another year or two for us. He was fat. He played the centre forward with John Radford, twin centre forwards. He was unbelievable. He was strong, big. And then Liverpool bought him. Why have we, so Shankly bought him? And we thought, why, why have we done that? But what Shankly did, he made him as a midfield player. And he won every honour in the game. And loads of them as well. The leagues and the European Cups. He was a midfield. He used to glide along. He was a big guy. Very, very. He was a big six foot two, six foot three centre forward. And he played him in midfield, Shankly. And he just used to glide along the pitch. His touch for a, you know, they say this thing, he's got a great touch for a big geezer, but he had a, a fabulous touch for a big geezer. He had a fabulous touch for a little geezer. You know what I mean? He had that touch where it just, it's all, his running and his passing was all in one movement. His movement, he could, he could turn and put people on the wrong foot. He was, and he was great in the air, being a centre forward, he was brilliant in the air. And Liverpool got the best out of him. Even though in the, we, he won three title, three big trophies in, 12 months, just over 12 months with us, Liverpool by far got the best out of him. Phenomenal player for us. Yeah, terrific. Yeah, and he's had, yeah. it was sad, he, he's been ill. He's got, I think it's Parkinson's. He's Parkinson's got, yeah, he's yeah, sad. I mean, he played for Swansea, right? Well, I was going to say he, that, yeah. That was the only time I saw Ray Kennedy play live was when he scored against us at Highbury for Swansea. They won that's two, right. He scored one of the goals. And even the Northback was cheering like when he scored. Oh, it's great. Right. Yeah. But, but he played for Swansea and after a bit, his performances went down and the manager yeah. goes, what's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? You know, you've got to put it in. He said, I'm trying boss. And it worked out. He had the beginnings of that and they didn't even spot it. And he was playing with it. But, yeah. uh, and I've been to a couple of testimonials from Ray, for Ray Kennedy. And uh, so glad I went. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. What no, a person. Yeah. No, he was. Yeah, and Liverpool obviously did get the best of him as oh. well. Um, 373 games he played for Liverpool. He played 213 for Arsenal, so he's probably the player that's played the most games for both clubs, actually, over his career. So probably the most famous Arsenal-Liverpool player, perhaps, on that on that basis. And obviously won the league, league with both clubs as well, European trophies as well. So um, another player that maybe we could have mentioned him earlier, um, Melvin, when you mentioned that first ever game on Match of the Day, because that guy... He scored. He scored. Jeff Strong. Jeff Strong. Yeah, Jeff Strong. Um, he, was a, he, he was a very good player. Good player. Yeah, he... he I think that was it. Was that his debut for Liverpool and he scored against us, or, or did he still play for us then that, that day? No, that 3 2, he scored for us. Him and Joe Baker scored for us to make it 2 all. Uh, it must have been and the then Liverpool got one near the end. Yeah, because he joined he Liverpool. He was a very good player. He had a little trick. Him and Joe Baker, similar. They loved doing diving headers. If the ball was like mm. six inches off the ground, forget about your feet, mate. We'll, we'll have a little dive and they would always <laughs> flick it in. They were brilliant. And with Jeff Strong, no, he played the old-fashioned number eight, if you like, right next, next to the ball, centre forward. But for Liverpool, again, he played in any position for them. He was he could play. He played at back. He played midfield. He played up front. He just one of those utility players that was actually good in every position, not having to just play in every position. He was good wherever he played. And I don't know why. I mean, I know they were probably well, they were a better team at the time, but it was such a shock to lose him because he seemed so settled in our team. And we had a terrific forward line. I know we never won anything when he was around because I, I think our defence wasn't the best. But um, he was a terrific. And I was shocked when he went, actually. Shocked and dismayed. 
Not a clue. You know, Melvin? He was Got a goalkeeper. I know a goalkeeper, actually. His in stripes. Was... A goalkeeper in his stripes. Has he been <laughs> inside there or something? Has he done something wrong? <laughs> He probably did, I don't know. His name was Harry Storm. He's got. I don't know. He looks like a wrestling referee. He was a goalkeeper. He played one season for Arsenal and about four seasons for Liverpool um, back in the end of the 1800s. So there you go. Um, so he's the oldest one I managed to find. And then there was a guy actually, uh, he was on this show a couple of weeks ago, in fact, last last game, because he played for West Ham as well and Liverpool and Arsenal. Anyone know who that is? Not a very good picture, but he's quite old. Nope, not a clue. His name is Charlie Satterthwaite. And uh, actually for Arsenal, he, he played 50, hang on, he played 141 games for Arsenal, scored 48 goals. And that was in 1904 to 1910. And 1899 to 1902, he played for Liverpool. Played 46 games and scored 12 goals. So he scored a few goals in his career. And he played for West Ham. I know that as well throughout his career. And probably my favourite one out of these old players is this guy who played for... He played for Liverpool 1914 to 1919. And he played for Arsenal 1919 to 1921. Does anyone know who that is? I don't know, but he looks like he was he was smoking sound in his eyes there. <laughs> yeah. Anybody know who that is? Melvin, do you know no. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess his name is George. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, I'm saying Billy. I'm saying Billy. Could have been George, but it isn't actually. Looks like a Billy to me. No, he's not Billy. His name is Fred Pagnum. Oh, it's close. Yeah, interesting, not bad. <laughs> an interesting story with him, right? There was there was a game before the First World War in 19, um, 1915 where Liverpool played Man United, and there was accusations afterwards that the game had been fixed, so that Man United got relegated. Um, it was like a, a game that apparently had been fixed and uh, he was playing for Liverpool at the time and he didn't want any part of it and all the Liverpool players were told not to score a goal and he was determined to score a goal because he didn't want to be a part of the whole deception and after that he, he obviously left Liverpool on the back of that because a lot of players were found guilty of match fixing and he didn't want to be part of the club so he came to Arsenal uh, and he was our top scorer in the first season after the, um, after the First World War he ended up scoring 27 goals for Arsenal but um, he was a good player for Liverpool as well. He scored 28 goals in 37 games for Liverpool. So he actually was one of their top goal scorers at the time. But he just didn't want to play any part in that match fixing. And apparently he was running around, going out of his way to try and score. And all the other Liverpool players were saying, don't score, you mustn't score, because we've got money on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, he didn't want none of that. So yeah, so that was him. So he, he was quite interesting. Um, and finally, there is one more actually who... He's, he's a bit of a dodgy one because he didn't actually play for either club in the sense that he didn't make any appearances, but he was at both clubs. If anyone knows this, then it's a bonus point. Nice hair. It was nice hair. 1960s it was. God damn, mate. That is some hair and some barnet. Looks like a jockey. It's not, he does oh, look a bit like a jockey, actually, yeah. Or a boxer. <laughs> he's got a nose like a boxer. I mean, God. But any, any ideas? Like, it looks like Warren Beatty from Hairs. Was that that film that famous Warren Beatty, the actor with that hair? <laughs> oh, dear. I'll tell you what, I bet he didn't run fast. Was that wig would come right off, wouldn't it? If he'd run fast, <laughs> yeah, like I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for another George. <laughs> it isn't a George, no. His name actually is Tom Stanton, and um, he was at Liverpool in 1965. Didn't 
make any appearances. So he, he moved to Arsenal in 1966. Again, he didn't make any appearances at all. And he moved on. He was most famous for playing for Bristol Rovers in the 1970s. So there you go. If anyone's a Bristol Rovers fan, they probably do know who he is. But um, he, he, I'll recognise the week. We never actually played for both of them. But I suppose we have to finish with the only guy we can possibly finish with it has to be this guy. That, oh. which I know you two would love, obviously, Michael Thomas um, scoring that goal. Um, there was a comment actually about that from um, EDJ in the chat there. It says he was always surprised that Michael Thomas went to Liverpool considering he won the title at Anfield and scoring that goal. Yeah, it was, it was a surprise. I mean, uh, what was he like at Liverpool? Because to be honest with you, it annoyed me that he went to Liverpool, actually. So I didn't really... Well, I know he won the FA Cup score in the Cup final, didn't he, for you guys? What was he like for Liverpool overall? He got a great welcome. Didn't really see too much of him, Rick, did we, to be honest, like Michael Thomas? No, he was, he was like a bit... My early years, to be fair, didn't really mm. see much of him. But um, from what I've been told, he was, he was all right. Mm. He, his better days were at Arsenal. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, he done he done a right for us. He's still, he's on social media, he still associates with Liverpool as a football club. So yeah, nothing against him really. Yeah, I mean, apart I think... From, he, apart from the 89. Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I suppose um, he, he does still actually play for the Liverpool Vets team, apparently. Yeah. He, Liverpool Vets team as opposed yeah, to the Yeah, he played in um, some of the Masters games. Yeah. Played for Liverpool and a few of them. Yeah, yeah he, he did, yeah, which was a bit of a surprise that he played. I think he still lives in that part of the world, actually. Yeah. I think he sort of, yeah, I think that's where he, he lives now. But, yeah, obviously, he actually played, funnily enough, he played 206 games for Arsenal. He scored 30 goals. He actually played 124 for Liverpool, so not that many less, actually, mm. surprisingly enough. He only scored nine goals for Liverpool, though, but um doesn't matter how many goals he scored in his career. He'll only ever be remembered for that one, really, won't he, I suppose, um, for, for good and bad. Um, one way or another, but but yeah, I suppose who would have thought on that night when he scored that goal that he'd end up one day playing for Liverpool and actually scoring an FA Cup final as well for Liverpool? Yeah. Get something, wasn't it? So he got um, the first goal, didn't he? He got the he, yeah, his first yeah. Goal. yeah. I think Ian Rush got the second one, didn't he? That day, yeah, to break the record for FA Cup final goals. Actually, I mean, he was a player when Ian Rush, his goal scoring oh, record, yeah, it's unbelievable. I've never if, seen if any, like I mean, for us, if anyone gets near his all time goal scoring record, it's just. You know, is it three hundred that he scored for you? Guys? Is it three three fifty one? I think or something like that. He's yeah, well. just ridiculous. No, something like that. I think maybe just less than that. I think it's like three twenty or something like that. But it's just unbelievable that record. No, it just I mean I can remember watching him obviously when I first started going to Arsenal. He was the top man really, and every every time you saw him play, he'd score. And obviously it was us that beat the record, wasn't it? He'd never he'd never scored in the game they'd lost before until yeah. that cup final when. Uh, when we came back, I went to that. I forgot that one. Yeah, I went to that yeah, one. Well, yeah, yeah, I did go to that as well. But yeah, that, that was the first trophy I'd actually seen us win. In actual fact, um, so all, that was, all, you, all we used to see round about then with rushes, Douglas get the ball, turn, push it forward, and rush was on the right. end of it every single time. And he probably did, but I don't think he ever missed a chance. But he probably did. I don't remember him missing any chances. Once he went oh. on through on goal, it was like, well, put the ball back he to centre spot before he shoots. He's going to go in. So what's the point? Yeah, no, he was, he was unbelievable. His goal scoring record was ridiculous. I mean, I think he, he scored like over 40 goals two or three seasons running for Liverpool. That was unheard of at the time. But, you know, for a player to score that many goals, it was just incredible. So, yeah, what a, what a fantastic player he was, actually. Just uh, I think um, he came back to Liverpool at the end, didn't he? Maybe he didn't, didn't do quite so well. I remember him playing for Liverpool late, much later on. 
because mm. he'd been a, he'd been abroad and stuff, didn't he? And came back and he wasn't quite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't he say he didn't like it because they didn't he, he didn't speak English or something? Was that yeah? Right? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I didn't like it. A shame in the chat said that Tom Stanton looked like a Lego man. Well, I suppose his hair looked like Arteta's hair, isn't it? Maybe they got the same. <laughs> I'll tell you, it'll always be uh, Captain Scarlet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always enjoyed looking at those old players, actually, because there's always some good ones. So there wasn't maybe as many. I'm, I'm surprised that there wasn't a load more players that played for Arsenal to actually over the years, but there's not really been that many, considering, you know, the history of both clubs, really, over, over the time. But anyway, I guess, um, you know, that's what it is. I can't think of any more. Is anybody else can think of any others? That I can't think of any. I look, no. I can't see any. Uh, but yeah, definitely Fred Pagan's my favourite one for not wanting to get involved in match fixing and wanting to <laughs> score a goal. His teammates are fun. <laughs> His own teammates are tackling and stopping scoring. So that must have been a great game you know, in uh, 1915 or whatever it was. But anyway, um, enough of that now. What we'll do, obviously, we'll move back on to tomorrow's game before we finish. And we'll start with what we think this might be. So the predicted lineups. Then I mean, been an international break. It's always hard to know what's going to come, really, and it's difficult to read our tether anyway. I mean, Luke, what are you guys thinking in terms of Liverpool's lineup for tomorrow? What are you expecting? Are you expecting a lot of changes, maybe from the last game, or you got any injuries? New injuries? I mean, fortunately, through the international break, no new injuries, which is quite a rarity for us. Um, I hope he doesn't change it too much because I know we want to sort of rest our players for the first leg on Wednesday. But um, I do hope he picks a strong team um, for this game tomorrow. So if I was to pick an 11 now, I'd probably say Alisson in goal, uh, back four, Trent, Robertson, Kabak and Phillips at the back four. Um, midfield three, I would go with Thiago, Fabinho, and I'd probably put James Milder in there. I think one Alden's played a lot of international football recently in, in this uh international break. Um, I think Cater might not be up to scratch in this sort of game at the moment. I think James Milner will probably be the best fit, I would say, to go in there and take the armband. And the front three, I would stick with Mo Salah on the right, Mane on the left, and I would pick... I would probably put Jota up front, just in front of Firmino over this game. Is he, is he fit now, Firmino? Because he's been out, hasn't he, injured? I think he'll be... He's been past fit. I think he's been back in training the last few days, but I think he'll just be all right for the bench. I don't know. Right. I think I think he'll yeah. I think Jota will probably start. I think for me, I'll be on the bench tomorrow. Okay, well that, that wouldn't be a bad Liverpool side to be fair, would it? If if that was the team, what about yourself, Ricky? You think it's something similar, or would you maybe make a few changes to that? Um, I'd go with the same back four and a goalkeeper. I'd play Thiago, Fabinho, and I'd go Cater in the midfield. Um, and the front three would be, yeah, Salamane and Yota, and then probably bring Bobby on on the hour mark just to get a few players off for the Real Madrid game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess there's not going to be probably too many, too many changes from that. I wouldn't imagine when we'll see obviously tomorrow. Um, what about yourself, Marvin? What are you thinking for Arsenal? It's impossible to know what Arteta's going to think, really, isn't it? But we seem to have a few injury issues suddenly have come up in the last day or two. Xhaka might be out, David Luiz might be out, Saka might be out, ESR might be out. 
I've got more more chance of winning the lot lottery than get guessing what Arteta's going to play, but I'll have a go anyway. Um, I think if the injuries are what you say, I think he'll play with obviously the goalkeeper. It probably he could play knowing him play Bellerin at right back because of the uh, the um, Mane down the left. I just think they you know they're, they're similarly matched. I think he might do that. I'm told um, I'm told if you say Louise might be playing, may not be playing. He might go with. Um, Bloody hell, was he going to go with... He won't go with Mari and Gabriel. I want to see, obviously, Gabriel. He might put holding in. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, holding. He'd be holding Gabriel. Holding's done well against Mane previously. Holding's, That's what I yeah. Holding's done well against, Mar, uh, against Mane. Yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, that might have been a bad thing for this game, anyway. And Tierney, midfielder. Jack is not playing. Get in there, son. Um, you'll have um, El Nene and Party. I'll be having a party if uh, Zach ain't playing. <laughs> and um, I think uh, is, is Rose Smith. You say he's all right. He might be all right or not. Well, I'm not sure yet. There's a doubt about oh, it. Yeah, right, you've got a Bamiang on the left. You'll have Pepe on the right. You'll have um, Lacazette in the middle, and behind that, who have we got? Who have we have got? Regard. Oh, look, I'm sorry, I've got him. That's it. That's the team I think he'd play if those injuries, are, as you say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I think David Luiz is the only one that I think they're pretty much saying he's almost definitely not playing. I think the others, there's, they won't be known for certain until tomorrow. But yeah, I, I think he'll go Leno. I think he'll play Cedric right back. I think it will be holding because David Luiz is out. Gabriel, obviously, Tierney will play left back. Um, if Jacker doesn't play in midfield, I think he might go Sabios and party. I think he might go with Sabios instead of El Nini. I know El Nini had scored a good goal for Egypt, didn't he, in the in the international break? But I don't know. I, I fancy he might go Sabios against Liverpool, and then yeah, I think it'll be Odegaard. And then if Saka's fit, he'll play. But if not, yeah, probably Pepe. If Smith Rowe's not fit, I'd put Martin Elliott on the left actually. If, it's not what you're putting, though, Richard. It's what he's going to put in. And that's the problem. I, know, yeah, no, that's I prefer true. you picking the team, mate. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with Martin Illy and then Lacazette maybe up front. And I don't think Aubameyang is playing well enough to justify his place. You ain't going to drop him. You ain't going to drop him. Well, he dropped him against Spurs, didn't he? And we won. So, yeah, that, you know, that, was, that, that, was, that was personal. President's been set. So, I don't know. I mean, there's... I think, yeah, we have got a few doubts about certain players. So I think we won't probably know for certain until the team comes out at, what, 7 o'clock tomorrow, will we, for, for certain to know? Because, like you said, it's impossible to read our set because he makes so many changes. After time, he doesn't need to. But this week, he might have to make them because of injuries and stuff, which is a shame because we've sort of started to build up a little bit of momentum, perhaps, um, in recent weeks. But anyway, we'll see what happens tomorrow. But, yeah, I mean, if, if, um, if everybody's fit, then I think we've got a, a better chance than if we have to shuffle it around. So we'll finish with how we always finish with this. Yeah, so score prediction then for the game. It's it's a difficult one to call, isn't it, I think. We'll start with you then, Luke. What are you thinking tomorrow? Are you confident that you can come to the Emirates and get another win in London? We're away from home. At least we're away from Anfield at the moment. We can maybe get a result. Um I've said both teams are usually scoring this sort of game, but mm. I'm going to go with 2 0 Liverpool. I think Jota's going to get a couple. I think hopefully we, we pick the right team and hopefully we do go for this game. 
I think if we if we go with an attacking mindset, I do think that obviously Arsenal have got their defensive problems at the moment with David Luiz out and they're a bit unsure. So I'm going to go 2-0 Liverpool with Jota getting a couple. Well, he's a good player, Jota. So, yeah, he's one we're going to have to definitely watch if he plays. Um, he, he, he always had a good game against us for Wolves as well. What about yourself, Ricky? What are you thinking, scoreline? Are you confident? Are you confident as Luke that you're going to get the win? Or you think, obviously, you haven't got a great record at em- 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 Emirates, or have you, in recent years? Nah. Um, I think if we go full strength, we, we beat you 3-1. Um, I think if he plays a mixture due to the Real Madrid game, I think it'll be 2 all. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's going to be it's going to be interesting to see the lineups, isn't it? Because we've both got a European game in a week, and yeah, we've got an extra day's rest for before our game, so maybe we've got more option to play a, a stronger team. Maybe you, you, your game's a little bit, yeah. a little bit sooner. Um, what are you thinking, Melvin, for this one? Are you, do you think we can um, repeat last year's result? Maybe. Well, that was a smash and grab last year, wasn't it? <laughs> it certainly was. I don't think we're going to do that against who got them against Liverpool. Um, no, I think that if your saying is correct and we've got all these injuries, I think we might get beat 2 0 agree with Luke. So it'll be, you know, so uh, so negative. But uh, I'm being honest there. I, I, I think we struggle. I think at some stage, Liverpool want to give a team a hiding at some stage. You know, I'm not saying it will happen against us, but it could do. If we've got a weakened team and we don't get off on the right foot like we did against West Ham, if we go down, if you nick a goal because we're not playing well, I can't see us getting back. I really can't. I think we could get beat. Um, if, if the team is, as you say, well, the injuries, I think we could get beat by a couple um, tomorrow night. Well, for me, it is a tricky one to call because I think, as we've mentioned a bit earlier, I think both clubs have maybe got their minds slightly elsewhere for the rest of the season, you know, in, in Europe and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know what the lineups are, first of all. Um, but I say Liverpool are better away from home. Our home form's not great. Liverpool have not got a great record at the Emirates, so it kind of counteracts that a little bit. Um, I suppose it's, I, I suppose a draw. I, I fancy that soon, too, actually, that Ricky said. I, I kind of fancy there'll be goals because I, I think Liverpool defensively haven't been as good this season. and. I think if we can get our acts together going forward, we can score goals. We've certainly scored a few more recent games. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'll go with the two. So I like that scoreline. It'd be a good game if it was two. So hopefully we can nick it, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's two, I fancy. I mean, but what do you think, Keith? Where do you think the game might be won and lost tomorrow then? Where, where, where the um, I think this game could be won in midfield. Um, it depends. It depends what midfield Klopp decides to put out for me. I think if Fabinho and Thiago play in midfield, I think it's going to be really difficult for Arsenal to, to maintain. Um, and again, like I think the Arsenal battle in there depends who he picks. If if Xhaka's not playing, um, it could be a bit more sort of freer there. I don't know. Obviously, I don't really watch too much Arsenal in that sense. But I think definitely the old cliche is going to be one in midfield. If, if Fabinho and Thiago are on it tomorrow, then I think it'll be... You know, very beneficial for us with the front three. You know, getting the goals that we need to, to win the game. Yeah, midfield is, is uh, probably uh, been our weakest area this season. What about you, Ricky? What are you thinking? Where do you think the key battles might be tomorrow? Uh, definitely midfield. Depends, like you said, what we what we put out in the midfield. Because um, that midfield is key to getting our front three heavily involved in a game. 
So hopefully Klopp picks the right midfield and we can sort of dominate the possession, get Thiago on the ball, let Thiago dictate with his passing ability throughout the game. Yeah, no, that, that is definitely I say an area that we would need to watch. What about you, know, Where do you think it's gonna be? Where do you think the, the key battle is gonna be tomorrow? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm sound very negative at the moment, boys. But I'll tell you what. It could be lost for us tomorrow if Holding and uh, Bell- Bellerin play. I think down that right, uh, left there, Liverpool's left in our right hand side. Their wide men, Liverpool, are so good. Any mistakes we make down there, if we're not concentrating, if we're not in the right position. They will take advantage of Liverpool. That's where I see their danger coming from. If that is not the case, if that is not the case, then I think, like you say, midfield's the key area. But I just think that's a very important area tomorrow. Our right defensive partnership at the back have got to play well. Otherwise, the Liverpool widener will kill them. Especially Robertson as well coming through. He's, you know, he's, he's a very, very good going forward. He gets those crosses in. So that's where I'm a bit worried about. Yeah, I mean, what worries that we seem to give teams goals in nearly every game lately. We did last time against West Ham. We did, um, well, pretty much every game, Olympiacos. And, you know, we're doing it a lot lately, Burnley. So that kind of worries me that if we give Liverpool the goal, it's going to be 10 times more difficult, isn't it, for us to get anything from the game because Liverpool don't need help to score goals with the front players they've got, do they? So I think we just need to be concentrated at the back, really. And if we can do that for throughout the whole game, stay stay focused, then we we've got a chance because I think their defense can be got at definitely. You know, it's a, it's an un, um, inexperienced partnership, isn't it, at the back with um, the, the new the new guy that you've you've bought and, and obviously Reese Williams or a young player. So there's a weakness there for Liverpool. So if we can keep concentrated in our defense, I think we'll have chances to score. And with that, that's how it's going to be for me. That's going to be the key for us getting something out of this game because. Um, we can't afford to keep giving away, you know, teams don't have to work for them goals against us, do they, very often? You know, even against West Ham, a lot of the goals that they scored in that game were down to our poor defensive play, wasn't it? Switching off and stuff like that. So if we do that tomorrow, then I can see us conceding a few and then we're going to be in trouble. But um, let's hope we defend properly and you never know. We might do an Aston Villa on them, you know, and score seven. But I'm not sure about that, if I'm totally honest. Um, anyway, thanks to you guys, uh, Rick and for, for joining us tonight. I hope you've enjoyed, uh, hope you've enjoyed the show. Just, um, just, just give your um, give your channel a plug in before you go, because uh, people make sure that people are uh, you know, watching you guys and subscribing to your channel as well. So, um, Richard, thanks for letting me, uh, me and Ricky come on. It's been an absolute pleasure yeah. to come on. Melvin, thanks very much for for joining us as well like it's been brilliant um of course uh, our channel is the 1892 reds podcast um we are available on youtube on twitter and on instagram as well um obviously yeah we've we've also done our preview for the show uh, for the arsenal liverpool game tomorrow um regular obviously content regarding liverpool of course uh, we've got our review straight after the game um so yeah check us out subscribe to the channel and uh, we're near 150 on the subscribers so Obviously, please help us uh, subscribe to that target and and yeah, check us out. Yeah, definitely do. I'll say I've, I've watched a, a little bit of your channel over the last sort of week or so, obviously, since you've been coming on. Um, and there's some great stuff on there. It's a good, good show. It's, um, you know, a bit of humour on there as well, which is nice. And, you know, I do I do like the, the ones that you do say with your, your best 11 and your worst 11, that kind of stuff. I think they're really good. So um, definitely a lot of good stuff to watch on, on, their, on their channel as well. Um, Shane in the chat there said... Uh, Liverpool win for me, but you never know uh, what Arsenal will turn out. Well, you definitely don't. 
Um, with great stream. Thanks, Azo. Thanks for watching, Shane. Um, thanks for your comments as well. Uh, thanks for everyone else in the comments as well. Um, Calvin put a comment there. Arteta has beaten Klopp three out of four. Yes, he has, actually. Um, although two of them were penalty shootouts. I don't know whether they really count, do they? But anyway, we'll take it, obviously. Draws. But, um, yeah, draws. <laughs> I mean, you, you want a Champions League on a penalty shootout, so don't dismiss penalty shootouts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be quite happy to win a Champions League on a penalty shootout, I've got to be honest. Glorified draw, that is. Um, yeah, glorified draw. Yeah. One of them was a community show as well. But anyway, it's, it's a trophy. Um, Robert, early on, actually made a comment about his favourite midfield belt time, Liam Brady. Um, won me hundreds for the FA Cup final with Man United. It's not often mentioned yet he was a wizard. No, well, he, he definitely was. It, I, I sort of didn't really see him play for Arsenal. I know Melvin thought he was brilliant. Um, and he said, obviously, we won 3 2. He had a cheeky bit on that, which was good. Um, and Robert, also, can you remember what year that was? That was 1979. Um, was that cup final? It was called the five minute final, wasn't it? Because of all the goals at the end. But actually, the five minute final was probably 2001 when Michael Owen scored twice in five minutes. <laughs> so maybe that was a five minute final, um, really. And he said, um, Were we too young? Well, I was only, um, I think, 10 or 11 at the time of that one. Um, so I was born young. I mean, Melvin would have been a baby in 1979, but um, I was about 11. So there you go. <laughs> I don't think I was. I don't think I was, boys. <laughs> I was, that was the final that I went and saw Hanson for the charity shield. That's why we played Liverpool. Yeah, awesome. Did he join yeah. Liverpool that, that summer then? Was that when he first joined them? I don't know, but he'd never played for them before in the first team, I don't think. That was his first, it might have been his first outing in the Liverpool shirt for the first team. He might have been in the reserves before that. They bought it from Scotland, uh, I know. Scotland, yeah, that's right, yeah. He was only young, but you, you don't win anything with youngsters, though, do you? So there you go. I mean, you don't, no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we uh, let him off because uh, he, he wasn't too bad as a player. Really. Brilliant player, great player. Um, he was a great player. Yeah. Uh, I say it's been a pleasure. So for you guys coming on, it's been brilliant. I hope you've enjoyed the show, and um, we really enjoyed it as well. Um, I've got quite a lot coming up on the channel as well. So if you haven't done so, please subscribe and please like as well. I'm doing a watch along tomorrow at the game. Uh, it's eight o'clock and it kick off a late one, so I'll probably go live about a quarter to eight, ten to eight with the team news and all that kind of stuff, and then doing a watch along and. I probably will do a fan show afterwards, but it'll only be quick because it's going to be a late finish and it? it's not going to finish until like 10 o'clock. So I might get maybe a couple of people on just quickly just to do something. But I don't want to go on all night because it's a, it's a late finish, which is a bit of a pain. Um, and Shane says there, was that final a replay? No, it wasn't a replay. No, it was, uh, it was just one in 90 minutes, actually. It was an ITV file, was it? Oh, well, OK. It's a... Been on telly a few times. It's a good game to watch. Obviously, a lot of goals and excitement at the end, um, and we won against Man United, which I'm sure we're all pleased about. Beating Man United is always, always a good thing, isn't it? You can't get too many, uh, too many um, beating Man United. Too many times. Um, so yeah, thanks. Thanks for everyone for watching. Thanks for your support of the channel. Make sure you give it a like before you go, and I say subscribe to the channel. Um, just before we go, Melvin, where can people find you as well? Just before you leave us again, on this channel, and from Dull Square to where. And Mr. Arsenal, Ryan, Mr. Arsenal, 89. And boy, really good to meet you too. Seriously, again, we've met some proper football fans. And it's lovely to meet you. Thanks yeah, for coming on. Same, same. No really good. Yeah, no, it's always good to get... Um, so I like, I like speaking to other, other teams fans, get a different perspective on everything. And, um, you know, and, you know, Liverpool and Arsenal have a big history and it's always great to reminisce about the, the two clubs as well, two of the biggest clubs in English football. Probably the two biggest, actually. Man United and uh, Happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Man City and Chelsea, they don't know what it's about, do they? Them two, they're no. babies. They're not, they're not clubs, are they? It's Arsenal, <laughs> Liverpool, right? 
So tomorrow's the biggest game of the season because it's the, the two biggest teams <laughs> playing each other. So there you go. Um, I'm sure I anyway, enjoy the game tomorrow, guys. And um, you too. Best team win as long as it's not Liverpool. And uh, <laughs> we'll speak again, we'll again soon, no doubt. And um, obviously, everyone else, thanks for watching. And make I say, please like and subscribe. And I'll see you tomorrow for the watch along. In the meantime, of course, as always, come on, you gunners. Come on. Three points tomorrow. Come on.